Wars All In is a community of fans for all things Star Wars. We want to share our fandom with you, and we'd love for you to share yours with us. Find us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Star Wars All In. Also, search on Facebook to join in the conversation with our private group. We would love to hear from you. It's time for Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in and all the details of every topic out there in the galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Mac, and I'm here to talk about a lot of wonderful Star Wars experience with my fellow pilgrim, Ross. Oh, Mac, it is great to be back tonight talking about all of these things we love. We are going to talk about Star Wars Celebration. Yes, we are. We are going to talk about uh, Galaxy's Edge, Batuu, oh, Black Spire so Outpost, good. and we are going to talk about Rancho Obi-Wan, mm. three of the defining experiences, the pilgrimages that a Star Wars fan can make to places on this planet that make you feel like you're in that galaxy far, far away. Now, we have a guest here tonight to yeah. talk about these with us, but before we go into that, we have one piece of news to talk about from last episode. So last week, if you're following a- along with our season of giving, we gave away a copy of Master and Apprentice, the amazing Claudia Gray novel. And yeah. this week, we have something new to give away. So this week, we are giving away a Vanity Fair issue this is the Ray cover, the Rise of Skywalker preview issue that came out a couple months ago. Uh, we're going to give one away. We're going to send it to you bagged and boarded so it should come uh, hopefully not nice too beat up or destroyed or anything. So we're going to be sending you one of these. Um, and hey, I might even throw a little extra surprise in there. So check out our Twitter beginning this week. And real quick, just uh, just to come back, back, and we're very happy to and excited to announce uh, who won the t- Twilight Company book. That was, of course... Uh, sorry, you're, you're, you're thinking a week behind, Mac. Master oh. and Apprentice. Who was the winner of that? Oh, that was Mithril Hunter. Hey, congratulations. hey, congratulations! We hope you enjoy. Hopefully that book has arrived for you by now. Trust us, you're going to want to read it. It's awesome. Let us know what your thoughts. So we're excited we give that Vanity Fair. Again, the season of giving. Glad to be part of it. Check us out on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. Ross is learning how to ship things. <laughs> um, not, I don't spend a lot of time in post offices. Um, boy, it is, it is not as cheap as I thought. To ship moving things. things across the country is expensive. Yeah, but that's okay. It's worth it to share some of this with my Star Wars friends. Uh, so anyway, please check out our Twitter. Beginning on November 27th, we will be giving away this Vanity Fair issue for the Rise of Skywalker preview as we get closer to the premiere of the Rise of Skywalker. Right. But so for we're n- we want to share that with our Star Wars friends, and we have one in studio. We do. We are very happy to welcome one of our brothers in arms, Chris. Chris, it is great to have you. Welcome to Star Wars All In. Hello, everybody. Hey, it's so good to see you here, Chris. Chris, you are one of our oldest Star Wars friends. 
You like as in we, we have the longest relationship or my age. We, we can... share. Well, no, not sorry. You're right. Not an age. I do. Okay. We do have some Star Wars friends that are older uh, by the calendar, by yes. the by the turn of the moon. But you <laughs> have been a Star Wars friend with us for a couple of years now because we attended a Star Wars celebration together. We absolutely did. Yes. Uh, and so we're going to talk all about it. But before we do, Chris. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better as a Star Wars fan. Okay. So, a couple of quick questions for you, if you don't mind. Bring them. How did you get into Star Wars? How did you discover it? Uh, so, I think, like a lot of people, I saw the original trilogy being replayed on uh, your TNT USA mm-hmm. uh, whenever they would... Uh, I think they did the marathons at that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. Uh, but they would definitely replay them on television and sure. things like that. Um, and... It was just that it's it's swords, but they're but they glow. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is so cool! Um, and then the you know the X wing and the the dog fight through the trenches of the Death mm-hmm. Star is always a good scene. Um, so that was I think what piqued my interest, uh, but then it waned a little bit only because like. My, it wasn't like my parents or a family member or something like that got into it. So mm. there was nothing to really keep it going. Until um, around about high school, some friends is like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Star Wars is so cool!" And then when the uh, prequels came out, like that just kicked that fire into overdrive. Awesome. And now it's like, so as much as everybody's like, Episode One is maybe a little bit, man, you it's like it, <laughs> it, it still holds something because that's what really got yeah. me. And I, I feel like probably a bunch of people out there like back into Star Wars. Sure, there are generations of fans who the prequels were their first experience, right? And we're in a group where it wasn't our first experience, but I think it all hit at a right time for us where we loved them the same way. Yeah, right. right. They become just as important a part of our fandom as the original trilogy was. Right. Yep. Right. For yep. I think for all three of us, really, even though we're all a little bit spread out in age, we all kind of fit. Not so much with the original trilogy crowd, and maybe more with the prequel crowd, I think. I think we were all young enough to not be jaded when the prequels came through. I think that's yeah. a great way to put it, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, the movies, right? I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> that oh, makes sure. sense, yeah. seeing the movies on TV. It's funny, a lot of our guests have said lightsabers are what brings them in, right? <laughs> I, uh, and it, It's just so iconic, and it's so... Mm-hmm. It's it's familiar, yet different, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it for sure, for sure. Like, for me, it was the AT-AT, hmm? right? Yeah, okay. Like, I get it. Like, you have that thing, and you might not even necessarily be able to explain why, other than it's so cool, Yeah, right? <laughs> but yep. that's, that's what fandom is. That's what being a fan is. Okay, great. So, Chris, what is your favorite Star Wars film? Empire. I, it's, it's right there. Yeah, you know. yeah. And that's it. It's like there there are some that I love more. There are some that I love less. Yeah. As we've had the standalones come out, some of mm-hmm. those have jumped into spots in my list. Yeah. Um, but at at the end of the day, it's I just I it always comes back to Empire. Sure. I get that. What is it about Empire you love so much? I think and and, and you know, no offense to to the uh, the wonderful Mr. Kevin Smith. Um, it's not because it's the downer and ends on such a down <laughs> note as as they mentioned in that, uh, his movie Clerks. It's it's just something about after Star Wars because yep. I'm calling it Star Wars. I know they put the new a New Hope in there, but that's a, it's still just okay. Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just taking those characters and it's like okay, we've now 
met them, we know them, now we can really ramp the story. Mm-hmm. Now we can really dive in. And I think it's something where, you know, yes, you got to know them and there was adventure and excitement and everything in Star Wars. In Empire's like, awesome, and now we're going. Now we're like, mm-hmm. we yeah. know who these people are and who stands for what and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it's just, let's well, do it. it. To me, right, A New Hope is about the story. Empire is mm-hmm. about the characters. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the big easiest way to differentiate them. Like if you're explaining them to someone who's never seen them, right? Uh, episode four, A New Hope is just a ride. You get on at the beginning and you take this journey with this farm boy who meets other characters on his journey. And at the end, they all celebrate together because they've accomplished their goal. Episode five is when you get to know these characters. Mm-hmm. And so it's understandable that it's so many people's favorite because I think if you asked, you took a consensus, like right? you went to Star Wars Celebration and you asked, you know, 100 people, the majority would probably say Empire. Sure. Yeah. Right. And if they don't, it's probably in their top two or three. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like for me, A New Hope is my favorite, but Empire is my third favorite Star Wars film. And like, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be in that same boat where it's up there cons- consistently. Yeah. On average, it is the most popular. It's going to be a highly rated one, yeah. So it's totally understandable, right? It's an incredible movie with incredible parts. Okay. So uh, what's your favorite lightsaber color? (laughs) Mm. So, um, and we'll probably talk about this maybe a little bit later (laughs) on, but uh, I would go with blue. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going to go with blue. Yeah, hey, no explanation needed. I, yeah. I mean, it it comes back to why do you love Star Wars? Like, I don't know. Blue just looks good, right? Like, yeah. blue looks yep. cool. It's Luke's lightsaber, obviously, right? No, I get that. Okay, um, Mac, any questions for Chris? I have a couple more, but I want to give you a chance. Oh, okay, um, Chris, what is your favorite Star Wars thing you own? Ooh, that I own. There's, I own a couple of really, really cool things. Um, I would say I have a replica of the Medal of Yavin. Ooh, that I really, really enjoy. I think it's because it's a nice, like, it's, you know, you can wear it. It's fully, you know, uh, costume ready, I guess, for the, uh, to put it. Uh, but it's also, it's a nice display piece of, it's like, I don't have to buy mm-hmm. a ser- special stand or what am I going to put this on? Like, it looks nice in a box that you can prop up. Yeah. Um, I have a few prop replica, or I have a few lightsabers. Mm. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would say that's probably the thing. The, the things, things that are like that, in universe, yeah, yeah. Own. yeah. I yeah. love it. Okay, uh, favorite Star Wars character? Ooh, R two D two. Man, R2. a droid lover. Okay, R two is my man. You know, I think I've talked about this on the pod a few times, but droids are something I've only discovered recently. Like droid, droids and creatures, I didn't have a lot of love for growing up. I love Jedi. Like, sure. I love the That's... mythicism of Star Wars. That's the thing that brought me in. Mm-hmm. Like, Obi-Wan was my favorite character um, through the original trilogy. Like, mm-hmm. he was the one, and then eventually Yoda, that I liked the most, and Darth Vader. But that's just because he's the opposite side of that, right? But R2 and Ewoks and some of these other things that I didn't connect to as much as a child coming into Star Wars, as an older fan... Uh, I- they're hitting a lot closer to home for me for whatever reason. Sure. I don't know why, right? As your fandom changes and involves. So that's so crazy to hear R2 because I think that's another really popular Agreed. pick, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But just it's interesting to hear that that's your touchstone. I love it. Well, I think part of it is, and I mean, obviously, as we've now come along, he is is in all of the movies. So it's not like, oh, that's a prequel character. This is an original trilogy character. 
R2's been along for the entire ride. Yeah, um, But I think there's part of him that I relate to in the... He's never a main character, but he's always there. Um, and being, you know, kind of relating to, you know, what I do for work and also being a, a, a <laughs> stage crew kid you know, yeah. growing up yeah. is the he's never front and center in the spotlight, but he's always there making sure that this goes here and that person gets there and that the the ship gets fixed or rerouting this to make sure that he can conf- continue the battle. He's just always there making keeping everything going. He's sure. not getting a medal at the Avon ceremony, but it wouldn't have been possible without him. Correct. <laughs> and that is you, yeah. Chris. I mean, you know, from oh. what we know about you, without you, things fall apart <laughs> in many ways. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Well, we have a lot to talk about tonight, but before we jump into that, Chris, anything else you want to add? Anything else you'd like to tell us about your fandom? Anything you find unique? Um, we're going to hear some personal stories from you in a minute, I think. Yes. But. Yeah, I would say the uh, it's it, Star Wars is a fandom that I, I dipped my toe into, then kind of left and came back to in a very, very crazy, like I'm diving in the deep end sort of yeah. way. Um it has um, made it, as we'll talk about here coming up soon, I'm sure. Uh, it has changed my life for the better in so many yeah. awesome ways that uh, I don't think I could ever, even if something were to go horrifically wrong, I don't think I could ever dislike Star Wars. It'll always have a, a, a big piece of my heart. Oh. Awesome. Well, Mac, I'm ready to talk about it because we have a lot to talk about tonight. We do. We've got basically three big big topics this is probably our biggest show killer hopefully you will listen to the whole thing if you're interested because we got a lot to talk about we're gonna spend about an hour and 20 minutes discussing our experiences at the various star wars celebration and what it's like to be at the biggest gathering of fans then we're going to talk a little bit about galaxy's edge we're going to talk about the florida opening uh chris was there he's going to tell some great stories about how that went we're going to talk about that for about an hour and then we're gonna spend half an hour talking about the mythic land of rancho obi-wan the largest private collection of star wars in the galaxy it's gonna be a really good one ross i can't wait this is i think gonna be maybe our first show that cracks three hours and if it doesn't when you edit it mac let me know we're gonna come back and i'm gonna record more just so it can crack three hours (laughs) i don't think you have to worry about that okay perfect and your journey your pilgrimage with us through star wars experiences starts right now ever been to star wars celebration you know what ross as a matter of fact i have how many times have you been to star wars celebration oh i have been to one two three i i have been to five if memory is remembering five star wars celebrations mac how many star wars celebrations have you been to i've been to two and i have only been to one because the last time there was a star wars celebration my wife made me go on this honeymoon thing that we had, and I had to miss out. But 
Very soon, we will be having another celebration. In fact, we will be having the 14th Star Wars celebration, if wow. my count is correct. Really? It's 14? Yeah, 14 coming up in, what is it, August of 2020? Yes, sir. In that Anaheim, right. Celebration Anaheim 2. So, uh, today... Since we have uh, some experienced celebration goers here, Agreed. we thought we would talk about probably the most important pilgrimage for a Star Wars fan, in my humble opinion. We'll talk about that as we go. But I think that if you are a Star Wars fan looking to enjoy the fandom, live in the fandom, interact with like-minded Star Wars friends, there is no better place than Star Wars Celebration. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, we're going to do this just by talking about what we like about Celebration, what goes on there. If you've never had a chance to go to a Celebration, I'd love for you to have an idea what that experience is like being here listening to us tonight. So, Chris, tell me, what is the thing you like most about Star Wars Celebration? So, the thing with Celebration is, and you touched on it a little bit, is... You're there with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I think sets this apart from your New York Comic-Cons, your San Diego Comic-Cons, is everybody is here for one reason. They're here for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it could be for the movies. It could be for the games. It could be for the animated series. It could be for any part of the Star Wars universe. There is going to be something there for you. Um. It's it's the one place that all of these things can intermix. You can learn about new aspects mm -hmm. of the Star Wars fandom that maybe you didn't know about or you know didn't get into. You've got your costuming groups. You've got your um, your different charity events. You've got your everything that there's uh, the the auto crew people that literally build their cars to look like yeah. Tie Fighters, yeah. X Wings, yeah, all this kind of stuff. Cool. Um, it's, it's just this gigantic, mm -hmm. if it has something to do with star Wars, you're gonna find, even if it's in a small corner somewhere of yeah. like, Oh, I like this about star Wars, but nobody else will in a, even if it's in a small corner somewhere, you will find something like minded that you never thought you would see. Yeah. Um, I have a personal affinity for celebrations and what it has done for me. Um, I met my girlfriend in line mm -hmm. at Star Wars Celebration. Yep. We're going to talk about that. In a completely different city, and, and it has been fantastic. Um, but I, I made friends because of Star Wars Celebration. Um, I feel like we have become better friends because oh, yeah. uh, of our Celebration connection. So Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I that was actually the first story I want to tell. So mm -hmm. we all have worked <laughs> together for a long time now. Yes. About eight years. You know, we've been friends. Uh, you and I have known each other basically as long as Mac and I have. And uh, we decided in, what was it, late 2016, that no matter what, wherever Celebration was in 2017, we were going to go. And so, we decided that when it was announced in Orlando that the three of us would go together. And so, we booked a hotel, we bought our tickets... And we drove to Florida from mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, because I convinced you guys that I didn't want to fly. So here we are driving 14 hours in one day, two cars convoying down to Orlando, Florida with 
50,000 other Star Wars fans. Yep. Right? We wait in line for an obscene amount of time on that first day. Oh, yeah. Only to just oh, go and wait in line me. longer in the merch oh store. But we'll talk about that more in a second. <laughs> oh so that was Mac and I's first uh, interaction experience with Star Wars Celebration. But before that, Chris, you had been to three celebrations. So yes. tell us about that. Tell us about how you your first celebration, what that was, which one, and how you ended up going, and then why you kept going back. So my first was Celebration 2. Mm-hmm. Um, which at the time was in Indianapolis. Okay. And I want to say that I heard about it or saw something on, it was definitely online. I can't remember if it was like in a, on a message board somewhere okay. or a website. And I was like, and what year would this have been? Oh, geez. This would have been a long time so ago. Celebration yeah. two in 2002 yeah. was oh, the wow. first first Two, indianapolis 2002 mm-hmm. that's a long time that's longer than i thought it also a could have been celebration three in 2005 i was in also, that one but was that was 2002 2000, your first yes two, celebration okay. two was my first celebration one. two was yes. the first okay um and it was just one of those i think similar to what you you guys were like hey this celebration thing is, is coming up like we should go except it was just me saying there's a celebration thing I want to go <laughs> and just, and that was it. And, and I think thankfully from obviously we're in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, so it was not as long of a trip. It was drivable. Yeah. Where I was able to do it uh, solo, but uh, it, it, I don't, it was just something about the idea of, you know, I, people know Star Wars and yeah. stuff like that, but, I remember just thinking to myself, like, there's nobody else that's going to want to go to this with me. So I'm just going to do it on my own. Okay. So what's interesting here about Celebration 2 and a lot of the earlier celebrations, especially the first three, is they all happened a few weeks before a Star Wars movie came out. Mm -hmm. Compared to now, where they happen typically either far in advance or, as far as we know for this next upcoming celebration... Nowhere near a Star Wars movie, right? We'll probably only first, you know, get to hear the beginnings of what the next Star Wars movie is going to be at this next one. Oh, yeah. The so, next one's interesting just because there isn't, there isn't like, anything tent-pulling it. Yeah, it, it's going to be. I, I'm very excited to see what happens. So, you went to Celebration 2, and how many people would you say were there? I mean, would you feel like... It, I mean, obviously smaller than current Celebrations, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Right? So explain what that was like. You know, going to your first one, what did you experience? Like, what were the big things? So, I mean, I, I've been to a couple of, like, the local conventions here mm-hmm. in town, and, you know, there's people be like, oh, okay, you know, this is reasonable, there's just lots. But this was a... Wow, there are people everywhere. <laughs> there, and, and at the time, now in comparison, say... That crowd was very manageable, and I would love to have that number again. If only there were so few people there now. Right. Oh, man. Um, but it was definitely a um, – it was definitely like a – A, to see that many people there for that one thing mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind. Um, now, I, I will admit I did cheat a little bit. Um in signing up to do celebration, the company at the time that was running their autographs, um, and to celebration still, like you can volunteer to work 
and yeah. you know, and, and hey, I'm gonna volunteer and run this line or help here or whatever. And um, so I volunteered with the autograph team, and I was like, hey, I'll work all of the opening shifts. So because of that, they anybody that worked and like in the mornings, you had to be inside, obviously, when the crowd came in. Right. So they exchanged your normal mm. badge for a vendor one. So I got to skip the big lineup outside wow. and get in because I had to be in there to make so sure. So all it was a three day event and you yep. helped in the autograph line all three days? Yes. So whose autograph lines did you work in? That year I worked with let me see if I can remember. I worked with I like this guy's like, oh, that year. I, yeah. I, I met so many influential people in that job. Yeah. Um, I know I worked, I, the, uh, I remember working I, with, and at the t- basically, whenever you were working, you at this point, it wasn't quite as big. So you basically sat next to them and took the ticket from the person so that mm-hmm. they knew how many autographs they signed. Yeah. So they, um, I remember I worked with Orly Shoshan. Um, who was Ayla in the prequel movies. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Who... So they weren't entrusting you with Carrie Fisher. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yep. Okay, okay. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's fine, that's fine. Um, But what was very... And and part of it, you know, admittedly, like, oh, hey, if if I volunteer to work in the beginning, I don't have to stand in the giant line to get in. This is fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But... What was really, really nice and like a secondary benefit is because, and I don't want to say they're like lesser actors, but they're not the big headlining stars, is the when they didn't have people standing in line for their autographs, you just get to talk to them. And you, right. you realize these... Uh, Humans. And, and they're, right. They're normal people talking to uh, uh, to the, the one that I can remember, talking about her is like she was... Talking about uh, Israeli. Oh, okay. So talking about like how she was, they have to do their mandatory time military, the military service. service and, and just hearing, sto- and just talking to these people and hearing their stories mm. of like, like, oh, like what else are you working on? Or, oh, how is, you know, how's your convention season going? That, that sort of yeah. thing to the, cause you see, you see them and they're like, okay, yes, they're here to sign autographs. But then it's like, well, okay, you're you're not the Mark Hamill that everybody knows what you're doing, and you're like at the time, and some of them were like lesser known actors. Yeah, sure. It's like, what else are you working on? What else are you doing? But the other exciting thing was seeing the people that would come up to get their autographs, and the yeah. vast majority of them were like, "Oh, hi, it's very nice to meet you." Um, but the the few that you would have come up that are so excited to see this person. Well, those people are a lot more invested in this person. It means a lot more yes. to have a little bit of time and a little bit of yeah. effort for yep. for like, hey, I know that not everyone thinks you're the greatest character, but I do. Right. <laughs> yep, you have those people. There was one gentleman that I remember. He gave um he gave her like this art piece that he had done. And Aww. like, and it's one of those like, hey, like, I like, I, I just loved your character and all that stuff, and I, I drew this, and I wanted you to have it, and just like the excitement for him of being able to, yeah, to to, to give this, not to like, oh, I'm gonna mail it to a PO box, and maybe one day they're gonna get <laughs> to actually be able to hand this to this person, yeah, that, and that's got to be awesome if you're one of these lesser known 
actors, one of these lesser known characters, to be at this place where everybody loves what you've done. Right. I mean, everybody's enjoying that you're there. Everybody's appreciative that you've taken the time out of your life to be there and take a minute to sign something or take a photo with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's got to be pretty rewarding. I mean, I would imagine. Right. I I mean, I would definitely hope so. I think it's definitely um, something that they know that no matter what else they do in their career, at least I would hope so. If it was me, I would feel this way that you know oh they maybe do this movie or this guest spot on a tv show or what have you but they know that no matter what there's going to be this group of people that will always be a fan and be like and and star wars will always be home for them yeah they can always come back they can i mean just like uh i think ray park is the perfect example right of someone who was in one single star wars movie and his character of Darth Maul has expanded to this uh, massive love within the fandom. And I mean, obviously, now that character has been brought back and other things have, you know, other mediums he's in. That well, character has a much larger story. Well, that character has grown so much bigger than just Ray Park's performance at this point. Yeah. But he's still, he's Darth Maul. He's he the is, actual yeah. Darth Maul. And he embraces it, right? He goes yeah. to conventions. He loves meeting with people. He loves showing off his skills with a lightsaber, right? Mm-hmm. He oh. just loves being part of the community, it seems. And I mean, who knows? Maybe it is just he's an actor and this is work and whatever, but I don't think so. I, I also feels, think that Ray Park is just a happy human being. I, I would agree yes. with you, right? But it just feels <laughs> like once you've been in Star Wars, once you've experienced the fandom, Right, you want to be part of that group, and that is, I think, the other thing worth noting about Star Wars Celebration. Uh, now, I, I'd love to actually hear your opinion on this for both of you, since you sure. were at Celebration Chicago when yeah, I was yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Right, Star Wars Celebration is a positive experience. Everyone is happy to be there. Everyone is happy to be enjoying Star Wars together. Would you feel that uh, post Last Jedi, Star Wars Chicago still felt <laughs> like that same positive experience? <laughs> Because in 2017, I sure thought it was. Sure. Well, everyone was high off of The Force Awakens. Everyone was like, new Star Wars is great. Look at BB-8. He's wonderful. Like, no one had really, I guess, gotten critical with that film or thought that anything, like, anything about Star Wars is going to be anything other than just a bright, beautiful, always going forward, non-controversial future. Yeah, I think with The Force Awakens, it was... At least, I, I don't know for me or for anybody else, but it's uh, all of a sudden we were getting something that we never thought we would. Yes. Mm-hmm. So unless it came out and was just just completely wrong Gone. or... or Well, we got to tiptoe because some people do agree with it. But the point was Force Awakens felt like the timid start into a new universe. Yes. There was yes. a lot of recycled stuff, but no one cared because that's what you do when you restart yeah. a universe. So, right. like, sure, there's basically another Death Star, but everyone's like, but who cares? It was this cool planet, and it imploded, and, like, it's really cool. I can't wait to see what these characters and this stuff is going to yeah. do, and I can't wait to see what Luke is going to do. There was just a much bigger excitement, whereas mm-hmm. Chicago, I, I'll, I'll take a little bit of this, what was nice is Chris and I on the drive there, because from Pittsburgh to Chicago is a drive, but definitely drivable. Doable and reasonable, yeah. And we were talking about, like, that's the thing that could ruin this thing. It's like, is it going to be have to be one of those things of, like, hey, wh- hey, what are you doing with your celebration? By the way, did you like The Last Jedi or not? Should we talk? 
Like yeah. we thought it was going to be this like gatekeeping thing where we we're all going to just be checking with yeah. each other. Like, hi, my name is Mac. I'd really like to talk to you. By the way, I don't want to have your opinion about Last Jedi, and you don't want to hear mine. So how's it going? Like, and it wasn't that at all. I remember specifically we would take um, the one public train in every mm-hmm. every morning in the convention center, and I remember we were. Oh, you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We're complimenting this guy because he's got like a cool lightsaber and he's yeah. getting real geared up. And we're like, hey, how's your con going and stuff like that, that normal thing. And I remember specifically, it was I think the first time we sort of brought up like because we were talking and he and we're like, oh, yeah, well, did you like that in Last Jedi? And he's like, eh, I, didn't, I didn't really care for Last Jedi. I'm like, that's cool. I understand. He's like, yeah, no, I mean, I don't say it's bad. Like people can like it. I, I didn't. It's like. That was the most like negative opinion I heard about Les well, Jedi. The, the entire the thing. Day, it was pleasant as punch. That is perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I don't oh, think anyone that's what it was. would ever feel mad about someone saying like, "Yeah, it wasn't for me." That's okay it's because weird. there it's are like, all these other movies that can be. It's only when people start to uh, uh, <laughs> attack or you know get uh, get after other fans because because i don't like it it's wrong because i don't like it it's not well i think it's one of those things of like even people who like that was the whole thing was mostly like hey i love last jedi i roll that's about as worse as it got and i think that's because Mm -hmm. it's the difference between yelling into the void that is the internet yeah and physically saying that to a human being right you're not gonna go like well your opinions suck and you should go burn like no one normal who's loves star wars who comes to a town that's very very cold to see other star wars fans is gonna have that and we had all kinds of experience the night before the whole thing really got going we went up to you know you're in chicago so we went to willis tower went to the top Mm -hmm. i went and stand stood on the overhang and had chris take pictures of me on like nothing (laughs) and chris is like that's cool i'm I'm not gonna yeah i was not about that's not my thing i would have been that would have been for i would have been right there with you chris if i and and we were we were in the elevator going up to the top floor and like just looking at the other people and them looking at us we're like here for star wars I'm like yeah we're here for star wars and we started <laughs> oh, that's right the we, people that we met at the top of the, that's right yes. yeah we we met people at the top of the Willis tower who are all like that and we we spent like our mm. first 10 minutes up on the observation deck just mm-hmm. talking to these people like what are you doing for your con oh we're doing this it's like where are you coming in from and like mm-hmm. we were just bonding over star wars and how special it was to everyone be in town and we were like mm. hey let's catch dinner some night and stuff like that we were we were already like making dinner plans for with friends within like 10 minutes of getting into, you know, yeah. getting yeah. into Chicago and doing Chicago stuff. So what I think you guys are saying is essentially Star Wars Celebration, no matter what part of Star Wars you like, mm-hmm. is an overly positive experience. It Agreed. is a fun yes. place to be, even when you wait in a celebration store line for four hours, right? Sorry, it is I'm a still sorry fun, about that. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute, <laughs> right? But it's a fun place to be no matter what part of the fandom you like. If yep. you like the holiday special, there's someone else there that likes the holiday special, whether yes. it's ironically or unironically, right? Yes. If you like Rebels and Rebels, like I couldn't believe. So for me personally, it took me years to get into animated Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm only really now appreciating the Clone Wars for what it is. Okay. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it. I thought it looked bad. Uh, okay. I didn't like the the short nature of it. I didn't like a lot of the characterizations. It just I didn't like the style. Like I didn't like the Dooku's face was as thin as a pencil. Like I just didn't <laughs> like that. It the didn't stylization, sit well the abstraction with me. Yeah. bothered you. Sure. But now, like I'm I, I started a chronological rewatch before it left Netflix. 
And now then I, you know, missed my opportunity because I only own the first two seasons. I don't uh, own the rest okay. on Blu-ray because as much as I want to, it's really hard to find Blu-rays of them apparently. Now, yeah. yeah. Um, but now, now that it's out on Disney Plus, I have been waiting to finish my rewatch and I started over from the beginning and I'm like eight episodes in and I'm loving it because mm-hmm. I sit down, I watch at most one or two episodes and I treat it like the event that Star Wars is. You know, I sit down, I turn the lights off, I put my phone down. It's not another TV show. And when I'm at Star Wars Celebration yeah. and I see thousands of people waiting in line for this Rebels panel, yeah. and I couldn't relate to them before, and now I can, but the point is, it doesn't matter, right? Even well, at the time, in 2017, not really caring about Clone Wars or Rebels, all of these other fans did. And to me, that was so energetic, right? It gave me so much happiness and hope and energy seeing all these people who wanted to be there for this thing that they love. To them, Ezra is the best, right? Sabine is so cool. And now I do have a true love for a lot of that stuff. But it doesn't matter because other people do, and that's fantastic. Yep. And I think the biggest thing about that is I think that kind of sums up some of the salt when stuff happens in Star Wars. I think really what people are complaining about with Last Jedi or The Mandalorian or Star Wars Battlefront 2 or whatever <laughs> is always it comes back to this thing of like, it's that primordial fear that, oh gosh, is this what Star Wars is going to be forever now, right? For for example, you're saying like the animation in, in you know, Clone Wars bother you. I'm like, it reminds me of like all the hate that came out with. Uh, something completely different, which was the Wind Waker for the Nintendo GameCube. And people are like, oh, it's all kitty and stuff. And it wasn't that that was bad. It was, is this what Star Wars is going to be? Like, when you saw those stylized characters, it's like, is this the last time I've ever going to see Dooku? Is this weird, like, very tall Easter egg, Easter Island head? Like, is that what I'm going to have as Dooku for the rest yeah. of time? And it's like, no, all Star Wars is constantly changing, which is why I think that I do think Celebration Chicago was the most, quote unquote, dangerous one. And it was amazing. And let me tell you. I'm so happy to hear that. W- when you have a trailer drop with as much nuggets of what the heck was that as the original trailer for, um, for the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. The fact that everybody all weekend is going like, so the Emperor's like cackling at the end. What does that mean? <laughs> and I think one of the telling things, and maybe it's because Celebration, it, I would tell anybody to go. Yeah, if you have the agreed. means, if you have the time, yeah. go. It is an experience um, that you'll never forget. But it is for the harder of the hardcore so fans. So let's talk about what you do there. Let's well, talk sure. about what those hardcore fans can sure. do. So let's start with the main draw of Celebration. I think the panels. Yes. Because that is the unique thing there. There's a lot more you can do, mm-hmm. but a lot of the other stuff you can do can be done at smaller conventions in well, your hometown and it stuff is like still, that. It's still a convention, so there yeah. are, you don't have your staples. So let's talk about panels to start. I would say that panels are probably the biggest thing that people outside of Celebration know happens in Celebration. Because I think things like the merchandise is huge. The autograph hall is huge. But if you don't go there, you don't feel that from afar. When they show you the first trailer for a new Star Wars movie, you hear about that. Yes. Yes. You watch that happen live on stream. And let's talk about like that and the experiences of being there, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about panels to start. Because there are two types of panels at Celebration. There are giant panels that you have to either get in a lottery for or wait in line overnight to try and get into. Now, they've made this better over the years, of course, these last couple. But, you know, 
for you guys, what is your experience like in panels? You know, do you like large panels? Do you like small panels? Do you like the big event panels? You know, you've been to both. I have yeah, never sure. been in one of the giant large panels. We'll talk about when that we in a went, minute. Yeah, because we went in Florida, it was still, you had to wait in line. And some of those panels, like the Last Jedi panel where you saw the first trailer for The Last Jedi mm-hmm. in 2017 was like, we had a friend. I had a friend who was there and he and his wife went and did that. Yeah. They met Ryan Johnson. They ate pa- pizza that Kathleen Kennedy paid for. It was awesome. They also spent 18 hours total in that line. On a convention yep. floor. floor. Like concrete. concrete. Yeah. 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 Now, and that, and I think that there is something to be said for that because if, if you know that going in, you can prepare for it. Yeah. Right. Or at least you know what you're getting into. And it it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's not designed for like, cool, we're all gonna roll out our sleeping bags and we're gonna from my under you know, that that's not what you're in line in, in store for in these in this line. Uh, from my understanding, like they had DJs and people were playing catch with like inflatable uh, beach There's balls. There's beach balls going over the and place. Mm-hmm. Yep. It literally, it w- what it really was is everybody's in line, and you had the people that were there. They, they had their switches and were playing games with each other. And 2017 was a good year for having to see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it literally was a kind of a big overnight party right. with a ton of Star Wars fans. Yeah. And, and and I think that's why you had Ryan Johnson coming through, and yep. you know just shaking hands with people and meeting people because as we said, like celebrations may be for your hard, hard, hardcore mm-hmm. fans, but it's another yeah. level to be like, I'm going to spend the night on a hard, cold concrete floor yeah. and not in my hotel room that I have paid for in a, where bed. we wait, decided wait, to I'm stay. paying for that hotel room. I'm standing on a concrete floor instead of the hotel room. Yeah. Yes. I paid for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now for a celebration, Chicago, and you can argue either side over which is better, a lottery or a standing in line situation. Um, when, when the wind chill is like negative 10, I think for safety reasons, correct. a lottery yes. was better for that, that venue. That I think definitely played a part into it. But I think there is also something to be said for uh, this lottery system of mm-hmm. what if what if you can't do that for whatever reason mm-hmm. of a physical ailment or if you have kids that you really want to bring in with you yeah. that could not do an overnight line or like for the first panels on Friday, like I'm flying into town, I'm arriving Thursday night after a day of travel. I can't just go to a line right after that. Right. Like, um, but I, I would say, and now granted the ones that they're doing this for are your, um, big your, ones. Your, your, your trailer, trailer reveal. Right this year was Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, and Clone Wars, and yep. the big panels. Correct. Right. Correct. In 2017, it was you know the remembering Carrie Fisher yep. and yeah. the Last Jedi panel, and um, there was Rebel season. Oh, the final Rebel, Rebel season. season. Yeah. yeah. So like you know that's the kind of thing we're talking about. But then that's not all. And this is the part of celebration that I was the most surprised by and fell the most in love with were the small panels. Like Mac and I, and I can't remember if you were there, Chris, we went to an hour long panel about how Lego designs a Lego set, right? And that was great. That's the kind of thing I truly fell in love with at celebration besides the bizarre, which we'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) But the, the ability to just go to these small little panels in a room with a couple hundred people at most. 
Right. And everyone is just so invested. You know, like the publishing panel was one I think I went to on my own. Uh, I don't think you guys went to that one with me because I love Star Wars novels. And just sitting there and hearing Timothy Zahn and these other authors, you know, Christy Golden, talk for an hour and answer questions. And it's just like, this is why I'm here. This is what I can't get from the internet. This is what I can't get from reading about it. This is the experience that is so great about Celebration. Yeah. And it's the thing that shocked me the most. Were these tiny little panels, you only wait in line for maybe 20 minutes. Right. Right? They're great. They're so unique and they're so diverse. And like we were saying earlier, there's something for everyone. And the, the way I put it, uh, the first time I went to a nas- national panel or like national convention was um, PAX East. Mm. Um a few too many years ago and <laughs> someone framed it and have always it's always stuck with me every convention i've ever gone to is it's the concept of you can meet all these wonderful people that you are like architects of your imagination people that have like made your life appreciably better with not intending like you know oh i you know i played um you know luke skywalker awesome mark hamill has affected my life in a way i will never even remotely affect his but like it's been this huge thing and i get the opportunity to share their air Like, even if I don't meet them, even if I don't shake their hand, even if I don't get to tell them how important they are, it's the fact of you're right there and I'm right here. This particular moment in time, we are sharing air. We are in the same space and that is a profoundly awesome thing. And sometimes you get even more. I don't know if, do you want to do all the profound things that like life changing things later? Or do you want me to do that now? No, Mac hit us with a, you have a life changing thing. I have a life changing thing. Please tell this one. Yeah. So in Chicago. Oh yeah. This is a good one. We, um, we are going to different panels. So we, we couldn't get to some of the big ones. We couldn't get to, uh, the rise of Skywalker. So we're like literally checking out in line as a hundred iPhones pull out of pockets and everyone was watching the trailer. Well, hey, I was trying to get it on an airplane. So oh, at least you were slightly better. We at off. least had Wi Fi. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get a title. Well, I paid the $18 on my flight from, I think I was. See, that's the funny thing. I was in Chicago with you guys momentarily. Right. Because you laid over, right? I was just at the airport uh, out on a layover on my way to San Diego. Uh, and so I was just trying to get a title. You know, let alone the trailer. So I paid $18 for the Wi-Fi or whatever it was just to try and get the name of the movie. But anyway, continue. So we're doing that and we look at some of the other panels. And one of the ones I was starting to get into is I'm like, well, you know, when Ross came last time, he went and did all this book stuff. So I'm like, I should indulge the stuff I really like, even if like Chris doesn't want to go. And even if I'm going by myself and we're going around and we're like, okay, well, we did get into the Mando panel, so we're going to go to that. So the next day, we go to the Mando panel, and what an amazing experience. We got to see the sequence where he meets the um, the Imperial client at the beginning of episode one mm-hmm. in April of this year. So I've had to hold on to, like, I knew the Mando was going to be amazing. And we get out of it a little bit late because we're trying to get over to get the poster, which they ran out of. And I'm like, oh, man, we're running out of time. Like, what should we do? Like, I had this panel to go see Doug Chang. Now, Doug Chang is like the Ralph McQuarrie of the prequels. He's the primary architect of the visual look under the guidance of George Lucas of the prequels. There are three primary Star Wars artists for anyone who doesn't know. So Ralph McQuarrie, essentially the probably most well-known Star Wars artist. Yes. Right. The one who. No one had more of a visual influence on what we think of Star Wars. All of it, creatures, mm-hmm. places, ships, 
He did it all. Yes. And he may not have been the one to do the finished product, but he's the one who started it all. Yes. Right. I mean, he did do a lot of finished products, too. That's not the point. But basically, he did more than anyone has for Star Wars visually uh, for that kind of stuff. Then you have Doug Chang, who Mac Mm -hmm. is talking about now, who has had a huge hand in Star Wars since the prequels. Since the prequels. And still continuing to this day, right? Yep. Now the contributed more to Star Wars than most other artists ever will or could I have. Say, I think he's the VP of creative now. Like. Yeah. And then Drew Struzan. Yes. Now, this is an interesting one because while he doesn't create Star Wars art for the films and concept art, he creates the posters that you're probably most familiar with. Yep. So starting with the special edition posters in the mid-90s, then all of the sequ- or the, sorry, the prequel trilogy posters, uh, and tons of things in between, book covers and one-offs and all of these other concepts that have been used for many, many other things. Those three artists, I think, if you look at a piece of Star Wars art, there's a very, very high likelihood that they're the one who started it or influenced it. I would agree with that. And, okay, perfect. And, and Doug Chang's whole thing was he, um, they tried to bring Ralph McQuarrie, and Ralph McQuarrie basically said when the prequels were coming out, he's like, uh, you know what? I, I, I made my fingerprints. Give, give someone else a chance. And so George Lucas is like, oh, hey, Doug, <laughs> you've been drawing a lot of stuff. Get in here. You're and, up. And Doug Chang was basically tasked with setting the tone, gathering the team, and figuring out the prequels. So. He had a couple of panels I'd signed up for because one was a whole bunch of great people that was like designing episode one for the 20th anniversary of episode one. They're going to tell stories. They had some of the model makers and some of the prop makers. We also had the the woman who designed Watto. We had had Doug Chang there. And I'm like, there was this extra little panel I wanted to get to with Doug Chang. And I'm like, uh, you know what? The Mando thing's running late. And Chris is like, like well, if you want to go, you should go. I'm like, you can still get there. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> and so I run down and I'm trying to figure it out because it's on one of like basically the hotel like attached to the convention center. So it's a room maybe only four times as big as the one we're sitting in right now, which is a domestic like, you know, house room. Like it was small. Yeah. And I get in there and this is Doug Chang is going to do a live concept drawing and it's an art class. He encourages you to bring your sketchbook, grab your iPad, come into the class. We're going to work together and make it. So I had my iPad Pro and my pencil with me and I sit da- down and I'm ready to ready to draw. And I realized that I am one of four, five people in this entire room who read the panel information and wants to draw. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be much of an art class because there's probably about 50 of us in the room, maybe less than that. And he starts going and he opens up his. He's like, I'm going to be drawing on an iPad Pro today with a pencil and I'm going to be using Procreate. I'm like, in my job, I teach Procreate. This is like someone who does my job doing it for me. <laughs> and so for the next like 45 minutes, I'm drawing a droid with Doug Chang. Yeah. Now, Doug Chang invented so much of what Star Wars, the battle droid, the N1 starfighter. There are so many iconic designs that are whole cloth him. And so like, I'm like, this is, and I use the term, like he's an architect of my imagination. The things I like aesthetically as an artist, he is an influencer of that. So I'm drawing all this stuff and I ended up with this like drawer and I'm like, I'm pretty proud of this. This looks really cool because I've never drawn it the way he does. Like with these um, basically tactical lines that you draw to sort of frame where the shape is, these horizon lines and all this kind of fun stuff. And I thought it was really, really awesome. 
And then he's like, hey guys, I thought it was really cool. I'm really glad you came here. And especially those who drew, like, I really appreciate that. I, um, I looks over at his handler and he's like, I'm going to be outside at a table for the next um, couple of minutes. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to be there. And I'll be signing things. So if you want to come in. And so I like kiss him. Hey, like, he gets sent. He gets sent my drawing I just did. I'm going to get him to do that. And I like push myself because I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this, but okay. Get in there. I'm the the third to last person allowed. There's like a line of like 20 people behind me that can't because he has to go. And I come up to him and I'm like, I drew this with your class. That was an amazing experience. I want to tell you that I teach this program and you did a great job of explaining some stuff I didn't know and I really appreciate it. Would you mind signing my drawing? And I had basically signed my drawing for me and then I put inspired by and I wanted him to do that. And he thought that, he's like, he and his handler like, Oh man, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And Doug Chan's like, this is great. Is this your pencil? And he's like, yeah, because it had like a little fob like to customize it so I could hold it better. And he signs it, signs it, and he's like, you let's get a picture with this. And stands me up, and there I am, smiling like an idiot, holding my iPad up as Doug <laughs> Chang puts his arm around my shoulder and takes a picture. And I'm just like, this is the best experience <laughs> I have had in my entire artistic career, and this will never come again. I am I'm so happy right now. <laughs> and that's the kind of moment Star Wars Celebration can give you. Exactly. Those are the things that will happen in those tiny panels because it's yeah. something that you truly love. Right? We were even talking about this a little bit before you start recording. Before we started recording yeah, today. Yeah. If you love The Mandalorian, right? You're going to be in a room with other people who love that more than anything right. else in Star Wars. Right? And that is so fantastic. Which, for the record, is the Mandalorian cosplayers. Yes. 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 There are a lot of people who <laughs> okay, love Okay, actually, I want to just say this. I will give you one warning, because I, as just my own you know, insecurities, you know, it is one of the things that is a little intimidating about these in panels, so just keep this in mind. Whatever you love about Star Wars, it doesn't matter what it is. There's someone more into it than you can ever imagine yourself being into it. Yeah. It's amazing how deep the well can go in any aspect you think you collect all the toys they collect more of them hey you think you costume really well these people go even further and and it's not a negative thing no but it's just one of those things of like being score no no right? no but it's this amazing thing of when you get there it can be a little intimidating like oh man i thought i loved this but that they love it like great example i love mandalores and i met a mandalorian cosplayer when we were in florida who's dressed up as one of the weird ones from the comic books that only me and like as my mind goes 30 other people read and I'm like, oh, it's Mandalore the Indomitable. He's just, oh my, God. Chris, can you get a picture with me and Mandalore the Indomitable? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's your childhood. It's all these important things just walking around you all the time. It's and amazing. I, th I think that's one of the really amazing things is that, and probably one of the things that drew me to go in the first place is like, I'm a fan. I love it. I This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then you go there, you realize like, wow, there is a whole nother level that I can go to that exists mm -hmm. that you may not have where you are. Thankfully and hopefully people uh, have have a support system for lack of a better yeah, way of yeah, yeah. wording it. Of like, because I do think that, at, especially at this point, it is more acceptable to be a fan of Star Wars than it ever has before. Agreed. Agreed. And which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I, and that that spreads to all sorts of different genres and and corners right. of nerddom and so forth. Right. But to be able to go somewhere and be like, 
you you feel like you are with your people. Oh my gosh. There's what? a feeling of belonging and a feeling of kinship and a feeling of like, yes, this is where I belong. This is and there are people from all walks of life, from every corner of the globe. Um it, even such as uh, just a simple thing of um I am a fan of Liverpool Football Club. Okay. <laughs> and when we were in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> they happened to be playing on, I think, the Saturday that we were there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm here and I can't watch the game, but I'm going to support the team. So I wore my jersey. Yep. And I remember this. I'm walking through um, the, the main hallway mm-hmm. of the convention center and this woman runs up to me. She goes, Oh my God. Oh my, you're wearing a a Liverpool Jersey. This is so fantastic. My husband is around here somewhere. He's wearing his today too. (laughs) And I, I, unfortunately he did not appear, but we had a quick five minute conversation about, uh, about Liverpool and how the team was doing. And there was a connection I made their um, their kind of motto and and their kind of theme song, if you will, is the song you'll never walk alone. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of equated it to like to being that celebration of it doesn't matter if you've come alone, if you've come with friends, if you're going to make friends here, you're going to meet people, you're going to bond with people, you're going to meet the like the love of your the, life. The, so yeah. speaking of uh, okay, showing yeah. up at Star Wars Celebration single and leaving <laughs> maybe not so much. I know you have a story. Uh, how about share this, that with us? This is a gem. And it's proof, yes. again, if the biggest endorsement give a celebration is, these are your people. This is your tribe. You, These are the people you want to hang out with. If you can listen to a Star Wars podcast for more than an episode and go, this is for me, you belong here. Yes. yes. Yeah. So tell um, us the story, Chris. So, and and this this is a completely, and I, I still, um, we were actually just at a friend's wedding last night, and had to tell the story multiple times. So I had to <laughs> practice already. Yes. Okay. Um, but they have um, at celebrations, there's a, they do a speed dating thing. So if you're interested, there is so that this option. Ex- this experience is what we're saying is this experience is doesn't have to be unique. This Correct. isn't magic. There are a yeah. number of people who, Chris's situation has happened to some engineered by the speed dating thing, which by the way, if you want that sign up early, it goes instantly. Yes. That's hysterical. I didn't know any of that. It sells out every year. Um, but in any event, so, uh, for anybody that lives in Chicago or has been there, obviously you can attest to very, it, it earned its nickname of windy city. Very Very much. Um, and apparently the time that we were there, it was very cold. Yeah. So, Mac and I are standing outside of uh, it, it, where they were holding the main stage panels. We had won the lottery to get into it was, was the actually, was episode one celebration. Oh, it was the episode one celebration. Right. That's so what it was. It was the, and this is the last day of the convention. And one of the nice things about celebration again is everybody's there for Star Wars. So when you end up standing in line for pretty much everything. <laughs> everything is going to have a line. It's just the way that it goes. Um, but you just talk to the people around you, which we had done numerous times Numer- the entire, yeah. you just get to talking to people because you're all there for star Wars. We're all the same people. Right. And so, but we're outside at this point and it's cold. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because the way things were working at that was there was basically, they had to prep the area and they were doing, they kept changing around security to keep the place safe. Cause it's, you know, Chicago, they want to make sure everything's safe. So there's a large part where we're outside. 
We're mm-hmm. in line to get through security centers, but they haven't really started opening up. So we're literally just standing there being cold. Right. Yeah. And we had been talking to some people around us, as you do. And out of the corner of my eye, um, this was the girl that we had been talking to. I can see her shivering. Yeah. Like physically shivering. Because she's, so she's Q's button dressed up as like um, one of the handmaidens, that kind of crushed velvet that, thing. And purple mm-hmm. and gold. And I'm pretty sure we had asked earlier, like, well, that looks, you know, crushed velvet. That's going to be warm. It's like, it just looks like that. And yeah. it's like scrim. So it's like not holding, it's not, it's not breaking thick. the wind at all. It's not keeping any cold out. Right. Gotcha. So I see her shivering and. And from my perspective, it was just one of those things where like, looked up at Chris of like, I don't know, something needs to be done. And Chris is like, uh, and just yeah. white knight goes right in. So, and, and, and not knowing anything about this person other than they're a fan, they're standing out here in the cold with us. Um, so I had a hoodie on and so I took it off. I'm like, here, like I can see you shivering. Yes. Please like take my hoodie, like until we get inside. Like I, I can't stand here and watch you shiver. And thankfully it, you know, it was, like, Oh, that, that, that's so nice of you. Oh my God, this is fantastic. <laughs> And then the next words were, you'd think I would be used to the cold being from Pittsburgh. Huh. At which point, Mac and I look at each other like, what? Wait, what? You can't be from Pittsburgh. We're from Pittsburgh. It, That's and, our story. Right. And just and just that oddity of, um, so we continue talking. We get inside. We keep talking. We start trading notes. We find, find out, like, you're not just from Pittsburgh. Like, we know exactly you're from Pittsburgh. We, right. We find out by the end of that conversation. We probably know some people that you know kind right, of like thing. Like we have people that we know in common type of thing. Um, so it completely came. She ended up, it turns out she went there on her own. Mm-hmm. And so um, we so ended up. If you're worried about going to Star Wars Celebration by yourself. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. You'll meet other friends. Yes. Yep. You, you'll meet friends that you've never thought you met. You might meet someone from lives down the street that you never <laughs> knew. Um, but so we ended up exchanging numbers and um, on our direct, because Mac and I yeah. left right after that day of the convention. Yep. Uh, so when we were done, like we, his, we parked at the convention center. We hopped in the car, put the last of our bags in the, the, of stuff that we got at the mm-hmm. convention, hopped in the car and started driving home. Uh, so on the way home, I was... Hey, it was really nice meeting you. We should get together once we're all back in town. Yeah. And it's now seven months seven later. I was just months, counting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, we uh we uh when we've we've been together ever since. It, the magic of celebration. Right? Well, it it is wild because again, it's one of those funny things of just like they were already bonding, and then it's like, oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, oh. Like it's just supercharged what was already a relationship that was starting to form and be bonded and again you were total white knight you're like here let me put my jacket on you like it's a dang movie yeah like and then when he tells me like a couple weeks later like oh yeah i know we we met up for dinner a few times and just like get out (laughs) that's wild (laughs) yep and she's she's awesome like yeah it's it's well yeah she likes star wars they're adorable (laughs) sure they (laughs) met in line at a star wars convention you right. want to, yeah, you, yeah, you want to talk yes. about a great like, yes. like, so how did you guys be? Not be? well, I, and literally because that, like I said, yeah. we we were at a friend's wedding last night, and it was the first time for her meeting this group of my friends. Yeah. So it literally was like, oh, where did you guys meet? We're like, okay, so yeah. here's the th- um, it's such but, a good story. Man. Oh yeah, and, and 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 what that's what's great about again, like the different 
parts of the fandom of like there are things that she was very is very much a fan of that i speaking of the clone wars i had seen a couple of episodes never got through the whole series yeah she's like i own them all we're watching them (laughs) (laughs) awesome let's do it i'm on board um so it is definitely so to me that is something that why celebration will always hold a special place for me now because of, of this. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah. sure. Bef- I, before that, they were fantastic. I would still go. I, you know, it is it is amazing. Um, but because of that, it's like it's just at that extra level of like this is what it could do in bringing mm-hmm. people together. Yeah. and all of this kind yeah. of thing. So, and that's what healthy fandoms are all about: is finding yeah. other people who agree with you and. Maybe debating certain parts, but just enjoying like, hey, do you like Star Wars? Of course you do. You're here. I love Star Wars too. What do you you think about the Mandalorian? I think he looks rad. Yeah. Like it was just so easy to get into conversations because it was mostly just not about finding common ground, but finding what part of common ground do we want to work out of? Because we all have the same common ground. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when it comes to having all of these like-minded people around. It just puts you in a good mood. Absolutely. No matter how you may feel about one aspect of Star Wars, right? We're, I don't know if we're the minority, because I don't actually believe that's true, but like, we all pretty much love all of Star Wars. Like, everybody in this room here, none of us truly have these hateful thoughts towards any one part of the fandom. But of course, there are fans out there, and I'm never going to say those people aren't fans, but... The people you're meeting at Celebration well, are true what the word fan, I think, is meant to mean, right? Someone who's like, I love this thing. And even if there's a part of it I don't love, yeah. I still appreciate it, Yep. right? Or I love certain things about it or from it, right? And everyone who's at Celebration feels that way. Well, I think the thing about Celebration is if you paid the money and you traveled across the country or world to get here... Mm-hmm. There's this just sense that I'm here to promote what I love about Star Wars, and that may not be exactly what you do, but I want you to enjoy what you enjoy about Star Wars. Do you know, like, there is, like, definitely multiple generations now of people there, and some people are like, I don't really care for the prequels. But that's the most negativity you're going to hear is, I didn't care about that. I'm glad you care about Like, there's a sense of respect out of all those people that is very palatable. And I think a real telling thing, especially the one for in Chicago was after some of the, the negativity that came out after the last Jedi, particularly towards, uh, towards Rose. Ah, and yeah, that was really high at the, yeah. And when, when she came out onto the stage for the panel and, and again, we were not in the room, uh, but, we uh, we heard it. We heard it. They <laughs> they si- simulcast broadcast it onto a stage in the main exhibit hall, mm-hmm. and then also I went back and rewatched those big ones. They yeah. had them on YouTube and stuff like that. That room erupted and did not stop for her. Yeah, they like they were excited about all of the cast members, mm-hmm. but it was it was something of not in like a we owe you extra, but like no. You are one of us. We enjoy yeah. you. Yeah. We just love in, you. Just in case the internet made you think you were unwelcome, you're double welcome. Right. Yeah. It's it's almost like a couple hundred people on the internet don't speak for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. But they sure act like they do. But right? but it was it almost felt like, hey, we're here to show you that yeah. that the loud voices are not the majority all the yes. time. 
And that's what's, it was the same thing for Ahmed Best. Yeah. At the episode one panel of like, because there was a lot of, and there still is, Jar Jar is not for everybody. And that is acceptable. That is okay. You don't have to love every character in every film and TV show and game and so on and so forth. But the fact of the man was hired to do a job, he did it as he was told to do it it by George. Very well under his direction. Exactly. And whether you like the performance or not, he's great. Yes. Yes. He's an awesome human being. and, And I think that is one of those where there are now people that are starting to come back around on Jar Jar and things like that. Yeah. But he is, he is kind of embracing the like, Hey, I'm not for everybody, but I'm having fun. And that shows. And that really yeah. people are like, Hey, we think you're awesome. Well, speaking of star Wars actors, let's talk about another big piece of celebration. The autograph halls. Now mm-hmm. I'm not an autograph photo op type of person. That's not my thing. Meeting my heroes is not something I tend to do well with. It scares with. the crap out of me. Um, I like characters, not actors. And that, of course, is nothing. Like, I'm sure if I ever had the chance to meet Mark Hamill, I would take it. But do to me, it's about the characters they play and yes. the characters that are written. Meeting the actor, getting an action figure signed, getting a photo. I, let me put it this way. At our local Steel City Con, I saw Ian McDermott walking through a parking lot of, like, whatever that hotel is there, like a Hilton. And we're just sitting in our car. I'm like, that's the emperor. Just like weaving through these cars, like a normal person walking to his hotel. He he is a normal person. That is a better story for me than paying a couple hundred dollars and waiting in line. So what do you guys think about autograph panels? Well, I think the biggest thing with me is like, I think it's a chance for people to meet their heroes. Cause it, cause I'll put it this way. Doug Chan meeting him intimidated the hell out of me. Cause as I got closer to this, the more I realized like, I've been like copying his doodles since 99. Like I've, (laughs) and like he's built a lot of art that I really care about. There are aesthetics I've picked up from him and I'm like reframing of like, I kind of look at be cool to meet him to like, he's one of my art heroes. Like he's really important to me. And it's like, Hey, you have the chance to meet him. Oh, I shouldn't. I can't deal with that. And meeting him was awesome. And it was a blessing and it was just very kind and gentle. And I basically, I got not exactly a portfolio review, but I got like a small, very friendly critique that my art's okay from someone who is one of the architects of that art. And it's super intimidating. I'm like, that was the first time I ever understood why people stand in line for autographs. Mm -hmm. Because I understand that like, to me, it's an intimidating experience. But once you meet that person, you're just like, you get that, Oh, they're a human being. And more importantly, like they're human beings skilled at something and they've impacted my life profoundly. And I think there's always going to be a lack of equilibrium that your impact on them will never match the other way around, but that's okay. It's important for you to add your little comment of like, you made my life better. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate what you did. Thank you for doing it. That's how I kind of approach it. And for a lot of people, like meeting the actors is important because there's people who inspired, who do acting. Who say yes. that character couldn't have been the character I love if it wasn't for your performance or yes. your work? Um, so, like, I mean, I remember at Chicago, one of the most like celebrated one was Hayden Christensen, who, you know, as Star Wars fans who are around in you know 2003 and 2005, go, he got a lot of negativity from a certain wing of fandom, mm-hmm. and to see him just like walking around like he's like Elvis or something, where just all these people are like, oh my god, it's him, like. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, how good and validating does that feel for a guy who put in a performance yeah. he thought was the best one he could and then just gets lambasted for it? And now I think after years of it mellowing out, it's just like, no, the, the strong and strength of his performance is why we like Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Chris. I mean, I think, and and part of it, I think, as time has gone on, is that you have actors now joining... Um, whether it be a TV show or the 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 standalone mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. that are not necessarily genre actors, but they have been in other things. Yeah. Even if they're not your Sam Jacksons, mm-hmm. um, who if he ever comes to, went to a celebration, like things would explode, <sighs> like people would go nuts. Um, but you have like an Alan Tudyk, for example. Yeah. Sure. Right. So he is probably more well known for another he's uh, been in the con circuit for firefly for right. a long time whether now. it be firefly whether it be um i mean heck, he made a show out of convention so you know he's been through <laughs> a through lot the, the all of them um yeah. but you're but that will be like oh this is where my fandoms cross over mm-hmm. I, because <laughs> as much as people love firefly like they may not have a firefly firefly convention on this scale or right. this often, and yeah. this is a chance for someone to meet him. While he's there, and it's a Star Wars convention, you're still getting a chance to meet this person. Um, but, they I mean, they have voice actors. They have regular actors. They mm-hmm. have, um, I mean, heck, name it. There's Again, someone there. You can walk into a celebration, you can have Jake Lloyd, Matt Lantern, and... And uh, Hayden Christensen, all sign your Anakin poster. Exactly. Get them all. Collect them all. All at the same time. And I think there is something. um, So I had mentioned previously that I had been to a couple of celebrations. Yeah, yeah. So the first one was my first introduction into like, hey, I'm going to help out the autograph area. When I went back for celebration three and four, um, I had ingratiated myself, I guess, with essentially one of the higher ups for the company running them at the time. They no longer do the autographs for celebrations, um, unfortunately. But whenever I went back for the next one, she, and literally, I, I, and I felt kind of good about it, I volunteered again for Celebration 3. She's like, oh, good, you're back again this time. You like, you did a really good job. Like, You were really helpful. Um, so I have some special projects for you. Um, <laughs> so kind of got bumped up to... Um, and at this point, they all kind of melded together, but it's okay. Um, two thousand. So Celebration three would have been two thousand five. And so then, right after Revenge of the Sith, and then four was in Los Angeles, which was the last one I went to before joining coming back with to you guys. With us. Yeah. yeah. So this would have been two thousand seven. Okay. Um. So they. Um. She asked me to. Um. Help with. Um. Uh. Oh, who was it now? My sorry, I'm going blind. Um, okay, with uh, Anthony Daniels, uh, oh, sure. helping control his line, um, and and Carrie Fisher. That's rad. Um, which was and it, it now for these ones, it was not the you're going to sit at the table next to the person. Like this was more line management of hey, okay, does everybody have their ticket? You know, this is how this is going to go when you guys get up there. Like these were some of the larger stars where they had. Yeah. Some things under control there. Uh, but I do remember, and it didn't end up happening, but in celebration in C4 in Los Angeles, um, 
I remember walking with her and she goes, Hey, like, are you on board for something a uh, little crazy? And I'm like, bring it. Let's do it. Uh, and sure, this is Carrie it? Fisher level crazy. So it's a lot crazy. Right. Um, so she's like, because we're in Los Angeles, there is the possible, like, it's not confirmed yet, but Mark Hamill may show up and he may be willing to do some autographs. If so, do you, like, would you be willing to I'm like, yes, yeah. like you, you, you don't even have to continue. Yes. Whatever you need from me, I will help. Um, and not in like the, Ooh, cause it's going to, I'm going to get to meet Mark. No, it's like the, this is someone that at that time did not do very many right. conventions. So for the chance of star Wars fans to meet their hero right. is that is an experience that is like, even if, even if it's, Hey, I'm not an autograph person, but to, be able to help someone have that experience would have been fantastic. It it didn't end up working out that I'm aware of. If it did, nobody told me. But <laughs> what have you? Uh, you were yes. busy. Uh, but yeah, it like worked. The and and it was just as just as simple as hey, I'm here running lines. I remember um, for Anthony Daniels, his his handler, like his own personal like business manager. Um, there was a U, uh, postal service uh, stand and they were selling Star Wars stamps. And he's like, hey, like we're not gonna be able to get out of here. Just hands me cash. He's like, can you run over there and get like three uncut sheets for us? Because mm-hmm. we want to, you know, and I'm like, yes, absolutely, no problem. Um, but one of the things that felt really good was at one point, my shift was over, okay, I'm gonna go. And I'm walking and Anthony Daniels must have been on it. And I, I apologize. This is going to sound like a humble brag and it's not meant no, to. No, please, but, please. Um, but Anthony brag Daniels away. is walking back from like a break or something like that. He goes, oh, are you done? Are you not working at my booth anymore? And I was like, oh, like my shift was over. But and he's like, oh, you you were fit. You were wonderful. Like, And I'm like, I mean, if you I, – I've got nothing going on. I'll come back. It's just the fact of I had no actual interaction with – Anthony Daniels at all. Right, right. He was at the table doing his thing, and at no point did I have to go up to him or whatnot. But the fact that he remembered who I was or saw what I was doing and making it a yeah. little bit easier for him, which is like, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and in those uh, in those years working with them, I remember I did uh, at, I had worked with the, I worked at the table with Kenny Baker, which was really nice. Wow. Um, and, uh, and, and I believe I worked with David Prowse. Wow. I may be mistaken about that. And if so, I apologize to you and to him if he ever there's listens no to one, this. Okay, we're not fact-checking. I say, there's no way to work um, with anyone and right. we'd believe you. Um, you worked with Watto directly? Yes. Like the Watto? The, the Watto. Yeah. He's flapping all about. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, and it's one of those things where, and again, it's, it's just seeing the, the, the way that, like someone comes like you're Darth Vader like you have no like this is fantastic oh my god um and then you get the people I think it was it might have been I think it was in celebration in Los Angeles um and Daniel Logan was younger at the time still and just riding through the autograph hall on a skateboard just a kid having fun (laughs) you know and it's like he's here like people want to meet him to sign autographs and like it hadn't opened yet but he's like oh i got time and he's just skateboarding around you know be being a kid it's like like this is great this is great this is fantastic the experiences you can have at celebration but i but that i think is where 
it's not so much about, and unfortunately, uh, thankfully, because they do, hey, like there is a ticket system involved and you buy a ticket and each one is for certain amount of autographs and whatnot. Right, right, right. Um, you don't get quite as many of like the autograph scalpers or things like that. Yeah. Um, which is good. But I think it's, it's just that thing where you get that chance to, because, I mean, let's be honest, we've all watched the, whether it be the movies or the shows, mm-hmm. time after time mm-hmm. after time, to the point where it's not just, that's a character in the movie. It's like, no, that's Qui-Gon Jinn. That's Obi-Wan. Like, you yeah. feel a connection to that character, that mm-hmm. person, and not maybe the actor, but the character. And that's right. where, and yes, this is the person that brought that to life. And to to be able to have that interaction with that person, even if it's for a brief yeah. like minute or two of like, hey, I appreciate your work, that that can make someone's day. Yeah. And and to and to see that and to kind of experience that is is great. That's rad. Uh, celebration is this magical place. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple more quick fire questions for you, Chris, if you're ready. Let's hate do to it. put you on the spot being our guest, no, but I'd like it. to ask you a couple quick things. Come on. And then Mac and I are going to answer some of these as well. Sure. Okay. What's your favorite celebration you've been to? Favorite celebration. So you've been to five. You've been to more yes. than us by far. Yes. Yep. I'm going to go with, I'm about to go with Orlando in 2017 with the two of you guys. Aww. I mean, that's my favorite too. Uh, I wonder uh, why. It's the only one I've been to, yeah, but um, I mean, for many reasons, but for why sure. was that your favorite out of the five? So I, it was, and again, counting all of these celebrations, obviously it does include Europe, the one uh, in Japan and things right, like those. Right. Did not go to those ones. Right. Maybe one day we'll see. Um, but I remember walking into our break room at work and hearing you guys talk about it <laughs> and saying like, wow, like I haven't, been to one of those in a while like and i know people that it's like oh can i come with you guys do you mind if i tagged along and just that feeling of like oh man like you guys are in for something and like i not in like the if you follow me this way you're going to see like but yeah. being able to be like this is this is what to expect and these are some things and it's like to see your guys's experience yeah. there for the first time yeah having been to and granted again they get bigger and bigger every year yeah. but to to be be like, like a shepherd for us. A little bit, yeah. yeah. So to but to see that wonder in your guys' eyes walking in there that first time of like <laughs> oh, my, God. We oh were, my goodness, like that was the wonder and the horror of the merch well, store line. Uh yeah. yeah. yeah I, well, again, I mean I again, get that though. I, that's great. I think so as someone who has only been to the one celebration, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to Chicago with you guys. And frankly, before that, I was a child without money who could go to a convention. <laughs> like you're talking about like celebration uh, two, was it? And it's mm-hmm. driving distance. I'm like, I was 11. <laughs> I, I couldn't drive like, like, you Thanks know, for making me feel sorry, like sorry. But like, <laughs> like for me, like 2017 was the first year I could feasibly go and, and pay and yeah. make that happen. Right. And convince my, uh, wife to let me go and all that. Then right? we would take her to Harry Potter world. And yeah, we would go to out. Star Wars land. I was able land. to bribe her with Harry Potter. Um, I, I, but, I'll make a small amendment that I Chicago does still hold a special place sure. in my heart for obvious reasons. Sure. Yeah. The thing that I loved the most about going to Celebration that time was getting to know, uh, specifically Chris. Like, Mac and I 
were yeah. really close friends at that point. And Chris, you and I were close work friends. Yeah. Right? But I had no idea you were such a Star Wars fan. It wasn't even until after we bought our tickets that I learned you had been to Celebration before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. that yeah. blew my mind that we had worked together for like six years at that point. Yeah. And I, I knew you liked Star Wars, but I didn't know that, that level, level of it, right? Right. So, Mac, you've been to two Star Wars, Orlando 2 and Chicago. Oh, Do you have a preference? It's hard. Because, again, you always remember your first. Uh, and I think I really enjoyed that. But I, I got to be honest, the similar to Chris is like having to like, oh, Chicago's where something really important happened. Like, yeah, I, I can't, at least right now, at the end of 2019, mm-hmm. since April, my um, my reconnection with what was one of my primary pastimes for most of my life, which was art, it was profoundly life altering to have this supercharge. And I have been working and tending and caring about that mm-hmm. part of me that literally I kind of let dormant for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Like I always doodled and I teach doodling in some ways, but like um, I haven't become a serious student of art since then like since then it's profoundly changed a lot of aspects about my life that aren't about star wars yes so chicago is something where i kind of have to go like it had a more profound impact on me overall in life understandable great okay well that one was easy right um should star wars celebration be every year no. Uh, no. Okay. No. Wait, wait. As two people who are coaxing you to go to this one. Yeah, and no, oh, trust me. If <laughs> I weird. could, if I could afford to go in 2020. And I, I got to say what, Chris, yeah. was like two months later, we had to decide if we wanted yep. to go to the 2021 to yeah. start paying if for hotels and stuff. If we had more time, I would have been able to. Anyway. Well, let me, I so get that. Let me, let me put it as a caveat. I say, I say no if they're going to do them domestically. If you do, yeah, I think uh, you're right there. One year in the U.S., one year Europe, then come back to the U.S., then back to Europe, and, or like Japan or Australia, yeah, like, yeah. like, and, and like to, to basically have it like. Obviously, it's the U.S. It's where Disney makes most of its money. That's where its biggest demographic. It yeah. makes sense that it's going to be here a lot, but. If they were international, which are easier for us to stomach, like, oh, I'm going to miss out on that, but that's an international trip. It's more expensive. Or, oh, I can tie that to an international. Because a lot of people use Celebration. We, we met a lot of people in, uh, especially Florida, that were like, oh, yeah, well, because it's in Florida, we're going to stay a week after Celebration and do all the things in Florida and stuff like and that. And do your tour. Yeah. 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 And I think especially as we go forward, obviously, there will be more movies. There will be more shows. Yep. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately the main saga is coming to an end mm-hmm. so yeah. will we see the same crowds will we see the same fervor Impact. things like that exactly so it could get smaller again not could, necessarily could, a bad thing but at that point if you do it i think if you do it every year you spread yourself too thin to where you can say ah i went last year there's nothing really major happening i'm going to skip this year mm-hmm. to and it, it might feel less special yeah Okay, one more. Okay. Favorite piece of Star Wars Celebration merchandise. Because mm. we're not going to have time to talk about the whole store because there's so much. So let's so just much. sum up. It's an entire floor of a giant convention hall with every Star Wars thing you can think of. New, old, unique, handmade, mass manufactured, model kits, Lego, mm-hmm. um, 
clothing, custom clothing, her universe, which had one of the longest lines in Chicago, which, which is, is all amazing. women's stuff. We had the Hasbro booth where they were having exclusive figures that are only available at this convention, as yeah. well as an entire store of all the other stuff they could sell you. Like, it is a kid in a candy store. And I, I do feel bad. This is the one, out of all the things about Chicago I feel you missed is like, I feel the merch was better organized and more impressive at Chicago than it was at Orlando. Correct. Yeah. They they definitely handled it a little bit better. Uh, they had some technical difficulties the first day. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. But that but that was nothing to do with the, there's yeah. just a super long line or they Wait, sold too much of it. Their register system went down, so they had to go into like backup register systems, which were keeping breaking as they tried to repair the first one. Of so course, yeah. the Thursday night preview that's only for people that bought the whole weekend pass the most loyal of all of them had a miserable first day. Yep. Um, but yes, the, uh, the merchandise line, which um, I still to this day uh, will apologize to Mac and Ross here about uh, oh. when we went in Orlando, but I, I told them, I'm like, we're going to get in there. The very first thing that we're going we're to do. do is the merch store. And that line was very long, very slow moving. We spent a, good portion if not half of that first day in that line i think about three hours to get into the store and then yep. about another hour to 90 minutes to check out correct yeah and, and the whole thing about it was it was mostly just because there was a lot of security to get into the venue which we weren't anticipating but fine we got in and then we're like now we're in and then we go to another line and we're like well that line's gonna move faster than and we were wrong yeah. It was a rough first day for Mac and I, being it was our first celebration. It was basically it all got this and so much better. It's yes. all that enthusiasm hitting a brick wall of yep. waiting, 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 waiting. And I'm glad we did because even though, like for me, it was really miserable because I got in and like the two things I wanted for the merch store in Orlando were already sold out, which I'm fine with. I just wish there was some sort of signage to let me know, hey, don't wait in line. The thing you want's gone. Yeah, sure. But so I walked in. And I walked out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys checked out. I didn't even check out. I didn't even see that line until I left the store area. But like when we went to Chicago, like being prepared for that, it was super pleasant. It didn't yeah. take that long. We moved yep. fairly efficiently. Good. And I was, I think it was mostly expectations. Like knowing that like, hey, I'm going to the store. That's a two to three hour block of my time. Just mentally prepare for if that. If you know that going in, it's much more it, it's pleasant. It's much more pleasant. Yeah. And so there's so many cool things. So just yeah. to clarify a little bit, because we're not going to get into everything that I thought maybe we were going to, but basically there's the celebration store. Yes. Where you have official merch for the event. Yes. So logos, um, basically Chicago, right? Chicago themed things. Right. Well, you like have, perfect example is they yeah. theme it to the city. So when we went to Florida, there's a BB-8 that looked like a orange because we're in Florida. Yes. yes. When we went to Chicago, it looked like a deep dish pizza because yes. we're in Chicago. Yes. yes. Stuff like that is great. And then there's what I lovingly refer to as the flea market, which is what Mac <laughs> is describing as yep. everything you could ever want. It's there. Right. Yep. It might be really hard to go there and find Action Fleet or this one particular line of Disney pins that you might be after, but they are there. Right. Yes. You can most likely find it. Um, but we're talking specifically about the celebration store. So I'll sure. start. My favorite piece of celebration merch, not purchased at celebration actually, because I ordered it online. It was from a celebration I didn't attend, but is the Exogorth music box. 
So if you're familiar, dun, uh, dun, uh, dun, you dun, know, dun, like dun, a dun. Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. So it's the, if you're not familiar, the Exogorth, the space slug from episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Yep. It's uh, painted like an asteroid. And then you twist the crank, the music plays. And then like <laughs> Alien, this slug just pops out and it's great. That's it, It's just such a wonderful, unique thing. And that's the type of merchandise you're getting at Celebration because they know this doesn't have to have mass appeal. No. This doesn't have to sell on a Target shelf. It's for us. It's for you nerds. And that's why that merch is so great. Chris, favorite thing you've ever bought at Celebration? My favorite thing you've ever bought is the Lando Calrissian shirt from solo okay oh, you took my thunder that was right. what i was gonna say oh so, okay i'm yeah. sorry. you're good like, i didn't mean to. that is that is so there was a lot of cool stuff got to chicago i love that the one galaxy's edge panel which we didn't get into but we there's a different story for another time but we ended up getting the t-shirts for that yep. which was the coca-cola logo in arabish mm. but like the last day i wore that and over top of that was the lando hawaiian shirt he wears at the very end of solo mm-hmm. which is they made a replica of that Mm-hmm. And then I love the the thing I really enjoyed is in the inner tag, it says celebration. So even if someone else ever makes it again, it's at celebration. I got to wear this stupid thing, yes. which is wholly ironic when mm-hmm. it's cold, gray, negative 10 wind chill and about 30 degrees anywhere outside to run around with a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> it's a great, once again, that's the kind of merch you get when you go to celebration. Chris, anything come to mind? Um... So, you know, that, that's really tough because this last year in Chicago, I told myself, like, you know what? I've got a lot of T-shirts. I've got a lot of clothes. I don't need any more. And, of course, what did I do but buy nothing but T-shirts and, and yeah. you know, things like that. But that's okay because they're all wonderful. They're all fantastic. <laughs> um, the Lando think, shirt's really nice. You have that Max Rebo shirt that was really cool. Yeah, I was saying, mm-hmm. speaking, yeah how you, they themed it. There was a, It's a Max Rebo band shirt, but it's stylized as the Blues Brothers. Yes. It says we're on a oh, mission from Jabba, man. which is just, <laughs> so that's just so good. Um, yeah. But I want to say one of my favorites would probably, I think I actually got it at Celebration 2. Um there was a company called Master Replicas that used to do the replica lightsabers that you mm-hmm, see that Hasbro mm-hmm. does now. Um, well, they did a replica of the Medal of Yavin. Oh, that's and, cool. And it, so it's like it's fully wearable, but the box that it comes in is a presentation style box. So like you can take the lid off and stand it up at an angle so it looks like a display for your medal. So cool. So uh, that that's, that's one of those right. like that's what oh that's just a so and i have not seen anybody do a replica of that yet sure like officially i'm sure right whether it be on etsy or something like that but that's just one of those like that's one of those things that i could put on a shelf and be like yep that's just really cool kind of mm-hmm. prop looking thing yeah. out of a well i hope that everything we've talked about tonight has encouraged you to go to a Star Wars celebration in the future if you haven't and hey if you have maybe we'll see you in anaheim in about a year yeah. Guys, ready to move on to something else? Let's do it.
Among the spires of Batu, Black Spire Outpost sits comfortable, waiting for the people of the galaxy to descend on it. Now, Chris, as one of those first people who descended onto the Orlando side of Batu and Black Spire Outpost, we'd love to hear about your journey to the Outer Rim. It was it was quite a journey. It was a, a, a fantastic voyage, if you will. So mm. if you haven't figured out what we're talking about by now, we are talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars theme park that is located in Orlando, and of course there is the other one in Anaheim. Now, Chris, you've only been to Orlando. Correct. Mac and I have been to neither yet. So really, right. you're here to tell us about Galaxy's Edge. We're going to ask you a lot of questions about yeah. what you thought. Sure. Yes. So realistically... You were there. Let's set the scene a little bit. You were there opening weekend. Yes. Right? In Orlando. That is correct. With your girlfriend. Yes. Who you met at Star Wars Celebration. Met at, met at a Star Wars Celebration. Right. So. Um, invited me to go with her. She was already going and we met and she's like, well, you can come too if you'd like. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so tell us what was it like being there opening day? Let's start there, right? This is Star Wars land. This yeah. is the first time anyone gets to walk around in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that was like. Um, so the very, very first, like walking in there, I've never seen a sea of humanity no. uh, in one place <laughs> as that morning. Mm -hmm. um, at several times, the crowd would back up. Uh, so Galaxy's Edge is going to be located in Hollywood Studios mm -hmm. section of Disney World. Yes. And at multiple times, the crowd, they would only let them so far into Hollywood Studios so that you don't have people just running around, running amok, or right. trying to get in when they shouldn't. But the crowd would back up so far that they were up against the security at the front of the park. So they would shove the crowd in a little bit further, get more people in get backed up again, shove them even further. So wow. I think at a That's certain, wild. it seemed like at least to us at a certain point, they were like, there are so many people here. We have to let them in now. They weren't like, this wasn't the time they were supposed to be like, there's too many open. If we open. don't start processing right. people, this is where riots start. Open the <laughs> gates. We're letting them in. Wow. And it's, I just remember just walking and, selfie sticks and iPhones of all <laughs> sizes and, and everything just mm -hmm. go up in the air as we get closer to um, the entrance to the Star Wars land, which looks like you're just walking into a cave, a big cave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you walk in there and you're like, okay, we're in a cave. And then all of a sudden you're in there. Wow. You are in this land and it's, and like the, the walkway is lined with not just um, the employees that are going to be working in the land in their costumes and things like that. But you, I, we saw like there's executives in their like their slacks and their ties Suits, and stuff yeah. like and, and and they're all like they're lined up. They're all clapping and filming all of us as we're walking in. <laughs> like it literally felt like um, because I'll probably never get to experience it for anybody back in the day that would do a lineup at like a fifth Avenue Apple store for an iPhone launch. Right. And there's all of this, uh, going on in this, uh, frivolity. Well, I think what you're saying is really cool. It, it, it's not only you, the, the guest is, Oh my gosh, I get to walk into Star Wars, but I like all the employees are like, we've been training for months for this. We are super excited to welcome you to Batu. Mm -hmm. The executives are, are like, this is why we do our job. When I make those weird, awkward decisions in the boardroom, it's so that this can happen. Right. 
Uh, but yeah, and, and but just being in there now at the time, like this was, I think they finally let us in like five or something in the morning at this point. Oh, so the oh yeah, the, mm-hmm. like the sun was not yet up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it wasn't normal park hours. No, no. Uh, there was some um, speculation on to what time they were going to let us line up in the parking lot to get in, but then there was a storm coming through and it became a kind of uh, an odd kind of when are they actually opening? We thought it was going to be six, but it again just massive people. Okay, so tell us about the people that were there. What was the crowd like for opening weekend? So there was there were a lot that first morning. I'll be honest, there were a lot more children than I thought I would see mm. being that early in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. There were some that you could definitely tell, like they had them in strollers and the kids were still asleep. Like they they <laughs> yeah. had no idea what was going on around them <laughs> or what they were standing in. But the parents just thought they needed a kid to get in. They didn't realize it, maybe, that anyone yeah. Could go. It's like it's Disney World. We have to have children. Yeah. Um. But I mean, we saw, we saw there were adults, there were kids, there were grandparents, like all sorts of different people. Some people. Um. Now, mind you, this was late August mm-hmm. in Florida, in Orlando, Florida. So even at this point, the humidity. But there were still people in as much of a costume as you can pull off for an adult in Disney world because of the their rules yeah. and restrictions. Yeah. Um, but lots of, it, but just and, and everybody is crowded and everybody wants to be the first ones in there. <laughs> and like, Hey guys, like your shoulder to show Like I felt bad for anybody that was stuck in that line that might've had to go to the bathroom because you there were was, not getting there anywhere. There was no yeah. way to make it. There out. was no Could way. You? Yeah. But yeah. it's just one of those like, Hey, like guys, at the end of the day, we're all here for the same thing. We're all getting in there. It'll be okay. But I think once the once the crowd finally started going into the park and seeing everybody in there, all of that kind of anxiousness just turned into joy and the wonder of like, wow. Like you, we may have seen, and I, for all I know, people in that crowd may have been at the opening. Uh, the Anaheim one did open before the Orlando. Right. Uh, maybe some people in that line had been to the Anaheim one. Right, you know, unfortunately, did not get a chance to really converse with people around us um, yeah. for that. But just to be able to walk in there and see just the level of immersive, yeah. the mm. level of you know that you're at Disney. There's no way around that. But to be able to step into this part that is, I'm now in somewhere. I would turn on Rise of Skywalker. Oh look, there it is. Yeah. And and feel like you are in that in that universe. So it does feel like being in Star Wars. Yes. That is the main thing I want yes. to ask you about because to me, I love the fact that this was something new. Mm-hmm. Right? This was not Hoth. This was not Tatooine. This yeah. was a planet that we didn't know anything about going in. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new space for them to explore. And I find that to be from a longevity standpoint, from a um, content creation standpoint, so much more interesting than here's Star Wars land and you can go ride the Death Star and then head over here and check out our Tauntaun ride. And then, oh, don't forget to stop and get a Mickey ice cream that's shaped like a droid. Like, I find this in-universe thing way more interesting. And as someone who hasn't been there, that's my number one question, especially after hearing what people say about it on the internet is, 
it feels like Star Wars. And it sure seems that way from everything I know about it, mm-hmm. but it's great to hear someone who's been there say, no, you are in Star Wars when you're there. Yeah, it's, and I think that was the smartest thing that, that Disney and Lucasfilm could have done with it, mm. is set it not in a place that we have seen and know. Yeah. Because in doing that, you lock yourself into a time frame. Yes. You lock yourself into like a, oh, we're on Tatooine. It's like, oh, well, this happened at Tatooine, so that surely will be in the park. This is a, and this uh, Black Spider Outpost has been the setting in a couple of books now. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not like a, oh, we just made it up and made it look kind of like, like, no, this is they part of the up. continuity. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it is they really made it feel like this is someplace that, you know, uh, you know, a character could have landed their speeder mm-hmm. uh, or that, you know, somebody could have, oh, we need to land here for repairs. Yeah. And it's, you know, just this one random place that maybe is not significant to the overall story, but actually exists in the universe. In a way, having this inhabited village, which mm-hmm. is what Black Spire Outpost is. It's a small village with a tight-knit community right that's the lore they have set up for it in universe it's on the outer rim which if you don't know in star wars means it's on the edge of the known galaxy so there the is boonies yeah there is space beyond this but it's just not been mapped explored the frontier that's exactly the way to put yes. it the frontier is the right way to put it yeah. thank you mac yeah yeah so talking about timeline placement because this is a planet, an area in Star Wars canon now, it's got a couple of comics, it's got a cookbook, it's got all this tie-in <laughs> material, right? It is set between episodes eight and nine. Yes. It gives room to grow. So after The Rise of Skywalker comes out, the timeline placement of it could change. Yep. And that is also incredibly interesting. Well, and it's going to keep growing because right now, um, I think it's the beginning of the coming month is when Anaheim... Anaheim or is... No, um... Florida is going to get the other ride, Rise of the Resistance. One. Correct. Okay, and so let's talk about rides for a minute. Yeah, let's do because that. Because when you were at Galaxy's Edge, yes. Black Spire, there was one ride. There is right? one ride. What is that ride called, Chris? Uh, so that is called Smuggler's Run. Yes, tell us about that ride. Um, so Smuggler's Run, uh, and again, because of this is taking place uh, post-Episode 8, um, the basic gist is um, it is the Millennium Falcon. Yep. You get to pilot or gunner or be an engineer on yes. the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it is now essentially being operated by Chewbacca. Okay. But he is working with Honda Onaka of <laughs> Onaka Transport Solutions. Um, and Honda needs your help with uh, you know a, a cargo run, and he yeah. needs a crew. So... Um, you know, you get in the, in the line, and as you're entering, they uh, will do at minimum a group of four, I believe. Maximum is a group of six. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're in line, and they they hand you uh, this little token that says what your role is going to be. Do you get to keep that token? You do not. They mm-hmm. do reuse them. Well, um, that's good. Well, yeah. not, right? Um, so that way, it is... Um, because once you're given your token and they're letting multiple people in at a time, um, you're let into a waiting area 
that is the lounge of the Millennium Falcon. And it's not just like, a, oh, cool, you, you stand here in this line and, oh, look over there, look over there. It is you walk around, there is the hollow chest table and the the bench area there. Uh, there's a couple of areas that you can walk around and there's little, what's, what's so fantastic about, uh, there is, they made a point of in uh, different, um, you know, press releases and panels and things like that talking about this as they were building it. There is a section um, that, is a, uh, a remake or a replica of where Han and Leia almost kissed before being interrupted Aww. by C-3PO in there that you can like take pictures. Um, the, Aww, the staff that are in crazy. this lounge area, like they'll take your picture. Like they took our picture at the chess table um, as we're walking around and know that you're going to love this. There's little remnants of poured nests oh, all my. through this thing. So, uh, but it's one of those things that as you're walking through the corridors, it is the corridor of the Millennium Falcon. It is, and it's just, it's wonderful. It's I one mean, of the those, way like, you're saying that sounds like really profound. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually on the Millennium Falcon. This yep. is so cool. Yeah, that mm. to the point where it's mm. like you're not even on the ride yet, and you're like, wait, I want to get my picture taken next to this wall. Yeah. Right, and it's right. Just, it, it, it's but it's the corridor of the but Millennium Falcon. But it's that Falcon. wall exactly. <laughs> Um, but so then at that point they do let you into the cockpit. Yeah. Um, you take your seats. Excuse me. There is, uh, again, six, six seats, two pilots, two gunners, two engineers. Mm -hmm. Um, both of the times that we were able to ride the ride, we both ended up being the gunners. Uh, Mm -hmm. so unfortunately unable to, um, describe the other two roles. Yeah. Although we were, uh, oddly enough, given a tip, by hmm. um, the ho- we were staying at a hotel on property and we were uh, coming back to our hotel one night and uh, the attendant there was like, oh, are you guys here for the opening? Like, just talking, chit-chatting. Yeah. And we were like, oh, he's like, did you guys get to ride the Millennium Falcon ride yet? And we're like, oh, yeah, we rode it once, but we're going to try to do it again. He was like, and so if anybody hasn't gone and is going, uh, kind of a, a, a good tip for you uh, is there are two pilots. One pilot controls your vertical the other controls your horizontal, mm-hmm. but the obviously the view screen looks like so you've got your round screen and then it kind of cones out. But for so for the gunners, where you shoot is in the middle in the circle. Okay. So when you're a gunner, you're like, oh, like I'm hitting my button and I'm shooting and I'm shooting. But for every bullet you shoot or blast that you shoot, there's a tally, and each one of those costs an amount. Mm. So the so the goal is hey like you want to be efficient with your shots and oh. not waste ammunition thus wasting money and apparently there is a there's a grander um, there's an app that you can download uh, for the Disney parks where you can there's little things throughout the park of like you can decode um, you know me- codes that are yeah. on 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 crates or you can hack into things to fight for the the resistance or the, and, but you can, there's a thing in there, almost like a role-playing game where you can accept jobs. But as you go on those rides and do that, you can actually tie it to it. Mm. So basically they will keep track of like, Hey, like you owe money to Hondo because you wasted all of this ammunition on the smuggling run. Wow. So it's, (laughs) it's great. They, they just, (laughs) It's a ride, but there's just the all mm-hmm. these extra and added layers to it. 
So, having said that, there is another ride called Rise of the Resistance. Yes. Coming to uh, Galaxy's Edge in the near future here. And so my question, being there opening day. Yes. Right. Having a single ride. You're at an amusement park. Mm -hmm. Does Galaxy's Edge need rides? Can you go to Star Wars land and just be immersed in the experience? Does it need rides? Because I've heard a lot of criticism saying, well, I'm not going to go when there's only one ride open. So what I would say is, does it need rides? It's not going to hurt. Uh, Having, and, and thankfully, like we were able to go back on additional days that we were down there and the crowds were lower. So and more reasonable, more reasonable <laughs> for, again, it's still a Disney park. So there's lots of people, but and we went at the time that their sun was up, so we could actually see where things were, which mm-hmm. definitely helped. Um, but <laughs> there is, there is still so much in there to see and do that I felt only having one ride was not a detriment. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I would be willing to try it, but I wouldn't say that at the moment it's like. I'm going to go there and spend an entire day just in Galaxy's Edge. Well, that's when you have to go to like one of the shops, buy some clothes, and start pretending you're a staff member. I, I mean, <laughs> I, again, I'm willing to try it. Okay. But, um, but no, I think because there are, uh, and I mean, I can start naming the different things there if you would like no, me to. No, no, no. We'll, so, we'll talk but, about a few of them. Oh, right? sure. But yes, but there are other, there is so much to see there is so much going on around you there are other experiences that are there Mm -hmm. that you can take part in that um there are multiple eateries Mm -hmm. that are uh, as well themed um one of which we did uh, we got into which was so fantastic and amazing um but having another ride i think is going to add to the experience but if they didn't i don't think it would take away from it Okay, fair enough. I, I'm just curious because as someone from the outside looking in, the rides are the thing that are the least interesting to me. Well, I, I, I'm sure when I'm there, I'll have a blast. Well, I mean, sure. But that's not why I would go. Okay. Let's put it that way. I mean, as a coaster head, like, I totally understand the idea of going to a theme park specifically for its rides. Like, I get that. Like, when I went to Disney, I really enjoyed the rocking roller coaster, and I don't really care about music the way most people do. So I wasn't there for that. I was there for it's a really cool roller coaster. Now... I would say that I don't think Star Wars Land is for you if you're like, eh, I don't really like Star Wars. No matter how good the rides ever will be in there. Like, the biggest thing those rides do is, like, was Chris saying, is, like, Smuggler's Run is Hondo Inaka, and where is the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. between episodes eight and nine? Can part I earn of the money? Story. And from everything I've heard, the Rise of the Resistance ride is going to be going to the, you know, First Order um, uh, Star Destroyer that's in the local system. Yeah. And you're building that narrative over you a first order supporter or a resistance supporter. Very cool. And I think that's why they're, they belong there is because they're part of the story of this place. I, I agree completely. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, having said that and talking about the story, let's talk about the in universe characters that are there because it's not like other parts of Disney world where you're waiting in line for 45 minutes to get Ariel to sign your little autograph book. Right. You're there for other reasons. The characters who are there are there for other reasons, right? So tell mm-hmm. us about the characters around, Chris. So they um, they did have a few. It I would not say that it is... 
that's what's nice. It is not overly populated with characters, mm-hmm. but there are as it should be, right? right. Yes. Um, so you have your normal employees that are there, and they're not just like, "Oh, hi, I'm a Disney employee," and this is the. They are in character in universe. To um, if you ask them where the bathroom is, they're not going to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, "Where is the refresher?" Right. Oh, oh. it's right over here. There are, and that there is a vocabulary to yeah. Galaxy's Edge, um, and I do have to say on that front, especially on that first day, I have to give so much props to all of the people that were like manning the the restaurants and the stores and all that kind of stuff yeah. because again, massive sea of humanity, and everybody is where's this, and I want that, and I've heard about this and mm-hmm. that, um, and and. There was, I think, only one person that I saw that got maybe a little bit flustered and partially fell out of character because she was like trying to help out so many people at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but for other than that, everybody like they stayed in character. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, they were engaged. They were involved. Um, but then, as far as characters, may that, the force bless those employees. That they were yeah, exactly seriously, um, especially that first day. It was yeah. like God bless you guys. Uh, but. Uh, characters that you would know. Uh, we did see there's Chewbacca walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are stormtroopers and a first order officer, a uh, nondescript one, uh, that will walk through the parks and through the crowd of people, um, which is a, a, just a, a fun thing of, you know, they're walking through and they'll comment on, like, if you have a rebel logo on your t-shirt like you know they'll say something to you about Mm -hmm. it yeah um if they see like little kids running around with a lightsaber they're you know they'll say something to them it's like oh you know we're we're keeping an eye on you type of thing um there uh ray is uh walking around the crowd as well on one section of the park there is um kylo ren Mm. um that comes out and does like a thing and he'll sometimes walk through the crowd. He wasn't quite as much as the Imperial officer, but did Mm -hmm, see him through mm -hmm. there. Uh, But the one that most people probably would not know yet um, was a character by the name of Vi Marathi. Yes. And, and this uh, completely by happenstance, just again, throngs of people you're trying to walk somewhere and I'm just walking through and you can feel you, you get that weird sense of like, there's someone next to me. And I mean, there are people around us all the time, but it's like just something felt odd. And I just turned my head and looked and there was the act like this. There was Vi Marathi. And I was yes. like, yeah. Oh, Hey, Whoa. How's it going? Um, to which, and, uh, and I had not read the books or anything like that. So I thought it was pronounced V. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, actually it's pronounced Vi, but that's not a bad idea. I might be able to fly under the radar. If people think that's how my, what my name is. And I'm like, Okay, oh, so, that's so, cool. so you are so you are in character enough that you're gonna hey you're gonna correct someone with like actually no you're saying it wrong but then play into it as like oh but really that's actually not a bad idea because yeah. she's um, an undercover rebel spy correct. Or, sorry resistance spy correct for yeah, those she, who don't know she yeah. is uh, and that's in some of the books she is um, in the book she is at Black Spire yeah. Outpost on behalf of of General Leia. So let's talk about that okay. because there are two tie-in novels, yes. an adult novel and a uh, young adult novel, right? The young mm-hmm. adult novel came out first, uh, A Crash of Fate, and A Crash of Fate is really cool because it happens over the place of one day. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a 24-hour story mm-hmm. about two characters, and it's their adventure that they go on throughout this single day. Okay. And it's really, really cool because it's not really tied into the Resistance. Like, the First Order and the Resistance are there. They have a presence. But it's just about these citizens of Batu going about their day trying to survive on the Outer Rim. And it's awesome. And it gives that place life. And that's why someone like me, who hasn't been there, I learn about the sayings and the the, mm-hmm. the areas of the town, right? And then the other book, the one that does star Vimarati, is called Black Spire, Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire. Mm-hmm. And that's the full adult novel that came out a couple weeks later. And it literally starts out with her getting the assignment from Leia to go establish a resistance base on Batu because they need to start recruiting again. They need to start finding safe havens and getting allies because all of their fleet was blown up at the end of the last Jedi. Yep. Right. And so you have this character there who you've met in this novel and she was a character in another Star Wars novel, Phasma, a couple years earlier, if you don't know, yep. another tie-in novel. So it's great to see these characters now in universe. A real live actress is playing her at this theme mm-hmm. park and that is pretty darn cool. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where, and again, using that character of, you're, yes, you have Chewbacca, you've got Rey, you've got, you know, Kylo running around. Mm-hmm. But that, I I think that she is almost the main character of that park. She's the that symbolism. She's yes. The, yeah. Yes. Because it's, you know, depending on what we see happen in Rise of Skywalker, like, cool, like, yeah, Rey's here. But then she's got to go off and do this, and Chewbacca's got to go off and do yeah. this. But, but that is a is a character that you can keep in that land and, mm-hmm. and be involved and be mm-hmm. that connection mm-hmm. of like, oh yeah, you're the person that works here uh, in your Batu outfit. But then here is a character, yes, right, and she's interacting with people and talking as that character, yeah, which is great. Okay. So tell us about the places you can go because you can eat. Yep. You can shop. Yep. And you can ride. Yes. I mean, those are the three things you can do. Correct. Um, I guess you could say create, but I think I'm lumping that into shopping. Yeah. So let's talk about the food first. Okay. So there are, um, there are two really main eateries. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, So there's uh, the first, which unfortunately we did not get to uh, in our time there, was is Docking Bay Seven. Okay. And that's going to be more of your, hey, you get food, you sit down. Um, there were, because people will collect everything, um, <laughs> there were specially designed sporks uh, that were there when things first opened in Anaheim. And I guess people were taking them. Uh, yeah. they, they were metal. Like, they're like legit like metal sporks. People were taking them and selling them on eBay and stuff like that. So they took them away and... Hey, here's like plastic. They're going for about between one hundred fifty and two hundred dollars now on eBay. Just an FYI. Ouch! Wow. Well, um, and and now they're a limited edition. That's true. That's so even more there. Um. So, but in looking at and the menus for these things, you can find online. Um. Uh, in fact, on Disney's website, you can go and it's like, oh, here is what the menu is. So, I do hope to get back there because some things in there sounded. Very good, good. And really delicious. <laughs> um, there is the one that we did get to is a uh, uh, an eatery called Ronto's Roasters. Yes. Um, we we got breakfast there that first morning, um, and they have you can get you know your bottle of water, your Coke, um, you can get coffee, um, 
but what is wonderful about these eateries and I'll try not to go off on a tangent here because they tried to take it away, but thankfully they, they didn't or slash brought it back. The, the crisis has been averted at yes. this point. Um, is all of the food is not only themed, but named in universe. So the more that first morning that we were there, uh, my girlfriend got, it was a simple yogurt fruit parfait cup. Thing. Mm-hmm. But, they called it, I believe it was, it's called Rising Sun Oats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, like, and it, it's like, it's just oatmeal and yogurt. And then there's like, I think if I remember, there were blueberries and there was dragon fruit and there was kiwi and like, just on top of it. Very simple. It, it yeah. was delicious. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, but it had a, a special name. In, right in there it has an in-universe name correct like how they have like there's the one like walking taco thing they have that's supposed to be ronto meat and stuff i was saying like that. well, that's what i got was oh that's the, what you was got the, okay was the ronto wrap and it's just a it's it's a it's a like a it's like a pita and there's a sauce so- but and it's not just like a, oh cool like you can go to your local uh you know um Walmart or something like that and find these same same ingredients. Mm-hmm. You might be able to make something close, but there are just certain little things yeah. where, it, you know, they, they twist it or um, so props to Disney chefs and, and the people at yeah. Lucasfilm and mm-hmm. for, for making these creations. But it's and, and it's one of those, it, it tastes familiar, but slightly exotic. I love which, that. Which is, I think, what I they're going that. for. Um, and for what I was mentioning is apparently there was a complaint that People didn't know what was in the food, so they there was a brief period where they changed it and put on menus like what it actually was, like their the emphasize that more because it right. always told you what was actually in there, but Correct. you had to read. And some Correct. people yeah. on the menus, like it legitimately uh, in Docking Bay Seven. I want to say one of the food items is is the the yip tips. I believe yip yip yeah. tip, um, which is Andorian Tandorian, tip yip, I yeah. believe. And which is essentially a, a version of like chicken nuggets, but you're the whole idea you're in of Star this Wars, park so there is, is no chicken universe yeah. exactly. Well, I want to talk about the immersion real quick, but go ahead and finish yes. your story. Um, so those, so there's those eateries there. Um, then there are, um, I guess one I would say bar, yeah, and then one a cantina, Ogus Cantina. So right? Ogus Cantina, yes, um, which is again taking that immersion and just be like this is just so well done and so fantastic um obviously it did require a reservation we when we went yeah it was opening weekend but going in there you feel like you're in the cantina at most Eisley. um awesome there is a, a dj for anybody that was um uh, that rode star tours <laughs> uh years ago your old faithful pilot Rex is now the DJ <laughs> yeah. at Ogre's Cantina. Um, and he's up there. It's fully animatronic and voiced and there's music blasting and it, it is a bar. It, there are lots of people in there. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, it is not one of those like, Oh, I can run around it. Like, no, it, it feels like you're in like a, a dive bar. Yeah. Um, and, and as it should, right. Yeah. Um, immersive. And their the drinks in there are, and again, they give you a menu and they have all of their fun names, but they have like, Hey, this is the, 
the ingredients to it. This is the, like, uh, most of them are alcoholic. Sure. Uh, but, like, it's this alcohol and this juice and, or whatever. They explain it. There's no mystery if you read the menu of Correct. what you're buying. Correct. It's only if you look at the headline exactly. that you might be confused. Exactly. Right. right. But they, like, I there was one beverage that I got there, and it was in almost like a longer... Uh, almost champagne flute style glass. Okay. And, but at the bottom was a mm-hmm. little canister with dry ice. Ooh. So when they put it in there, the entire beverage is bubbling and, and it's foaming. just like, and foaming. And it's just like, this is amazing. Like this. And That's they what were, you want. they were delicious. They were. So when Mac and I go, when yes. we eventually go, hopefully all three <laughs> yes. of us together, Mac, can we just order the menu? Can we just be like one of everything? Oh, just one of everything, please. Snap, snap. Yeah. Bring it here. Because I need to see all of them. And I think one of <laughs> one of the yeah. one of the amazing things that I saw is one of the things that you can get there is a beer flight. And they serve oh. it to you in glasses that look like Rancor tooths. Oh, that's cool. And I didn't to, want it until right. you mentioned Rancor but, teeth. And, well, and here's and, and it's one of those things where it and it's pricey because you get to keep the stand and the Rancor tooth yep. glasses. Oh, yep. okay, okay. And can I get it without the beer? Can I just be like, eh, I just need some water. I need to so, hydrate. Funny, you should be, probably maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> as long as you're going to still pay the same price for and, the hooch. Well, that and that's why I bring <laughs> it up. There are two drinks that you can get that come in. Uh, like one is a mug that has it looks like a poured cut into like a wooden stump. You really do need one of everything, Ross. And, All right, hold the phone. Right. <laughs> and there's another one that has like Ewoks and everything like yeah. that on it. Uh, my girlfriend is a big fan of both Ewoks and Porgs. So she got, she got those drinks and it was one of those, when you, part of the price, it's a very expensive drink because part of the price is... You, when you, you say very take, expensive, can you give us an idea in USD? So I want to say it was like $75, $80. Okay. Oh. But... but the mug, yeah. the mug comes with it. Yeah. So, so when you consider you're paying like thirty, forty dollars for the mug, a ceramic correct. mug or whatever, exactly. It's, so it's, it's still very wrong. pricey, but it's still pricey. But you're thinking, if you go to any other bar or something like that, Disney, you're probably paying twenty or so dollars for that drink. Well, that's why I anyway. was thinking when you said very expensive, like maybe thirty dollars, forty dollars. No. Okay, I, I, I think you got to include the merch. Is right. the way to describe that. Yes. Having said that, that would not stop most Star Wars fans exactly. and most certainly wouldn't stop me. So but I'm, sure, what's, what's relative. Really, what is really great about the way that they plan this out is after you drink it, it's not like, a, okay, cool, well, there you go. They take that mug and they give you one that's in a box that has not been drank out oh, of, that is clean, that is... That's nice. So for this Rancor beer flight, you get to take that home with you. And I've been seeing on the things pop up on the internet... Uh, of like, hey, so like, what what's everybody doing? If you got the Rancor beer, like, what are you doing with your 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 things? What are you now? doing with it at right? home? Now? And like, yeah. some people are like, oh, like you know, like I, you drink sake out of it or something like that. But I saw someone that made a little mini planter set for their coffee table oh. in there, and I'm like, but that's the in, like that's what's like. This is the ingenuity of Star Wars fans. Like, I have this thing that I don't want to just put into a cupboard or closet somewhere. Right, right. I'm gonna repurpose it for this so I can still show it off. Mm. But so yes, Odor's Cantina, fantastic. Like I would go to that multiple times a day Man. if I could. Okay, so to bring it back to the immersiveness, yes. right? Oga and Oga's Cantina is hugely featured in those books we were talking about, right? Okay, in okay. the Black Spire book, the Cantina and Oga as a character. 
heavily featured. Uh, when we're talking about Docking Bay 7, um, Cookie, uh, his, his name in universe is Strono Tugs, Cookie is his nickname, was the head chef at Maz Kanata's castle until it got destroyed, so he had <laughs> somewhere else to go, and so here he is now on Batu. And I just love those little tie-ins that they've added, mm-hmm. and it's great to hear that it pays off when you're there. Very much so. Well, even stuff that isn't, like, so um, when Chris and I went to Celebration, the thing for going to the Galaxy's Edge panel before it opened was you got a shirt that was the Coca-Cola label in the Star Wars font, Arabish, that or Alphabet, and Chris, you wore it to Batuu, right? I did, yeah. One of the days that we were there, I wore it. <laughs> And awesome. uh, unfortunately, we had um, uh, we had a reservation for something else in one of the other parts, and you know we're in a not a, we weren't running, but you know, we had to go. But one of the one of the people working in the park in character saw my shirt, uh, and I did see several of them about that weekend. So <laughs> sure, definitely sure. not the only. Some other people had the same idea, but mentioned, oh, I noticed your garment there. Uh, I did not know, like, oh, you're part of the Cola Wars. <laughs> and just, <laughs> but just trying to interact with the crowd in that way, like yeah. noticing something like that. And it's like, oh, I really wish I had the time right now to interact with you yeah. and get into this with you. Um, that sounds awesome. Well, because yeah. the thing is, in universe, in the story, like, out of a wormhole dumped this entire truck full of, like, Coca-Cola. That's why... Coca-Cola as we know it yes. is here is someone mm-hmm. trying to reproduce this thing that may have come from our world into Star Wars. Yes, if you Coca-Cola, say Coca-Cola in Black Spire, it is canon. Like yes. they it know exists. what you're talking about. It does not yep. have another name. Yep. It is Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> it is Sprite. It oh, is yeah. Diet Coke. It is it's the Sony power, water. Yep. And that is part of the universe. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the and I would say I did not mean to cut you off there, but the no, other no. one uh that is it, it's just a stand, but oh, had some mm-hmm. of the longer lines that I had seen there um, was, of course, your blue and green milk. I'm so happy you brought it up. Tell us about blue and green milk. Um, fantastic. Which one's better? Oh, you had to go there. You had to tell ask us about that the differences. All right, don't tell me so, what's better. Tell me the difference. The di- between okay, them. so I um, I got the I got a blue milk. My girlfriend got the green, just so that we could try each try one without. Yep. Um, and I will say this: if it is your first time trying the blue milk or the green milk. I would recommend getting it from the, the milk stand. There is a blue milk drink in Otis Cantina. The one at the blue milk or at the milk stand is not full on slushy, but it is mm-hmm. kind of a slushy like consistency. The blue milk drink in Otis is almost like it, it's like normal milk. There is a difference in the tastes because of that. Not okay. not massively so, but I think the one at the milk stand is a little bit more of like, if that's your first experience, try that one first. Gotcha. Sure. Um, I enjoyed both of them. I had seen a couple of reviews online. Talking about blue and blue green, and green. Now, yes, not yes, the yes, difference yes, between yes. Oga and the stand. Correct, yes. Yeah. My apologies. No, um, I had read a couple of reviews online ahead of time of... You know, just to what to expect, and that was one of the big things. And mm-hmm. um, green milk seemed to have gotten a bad rap oh. for some reason. I will say, it, spicy may not be the right word for it, but it definitely had a a, a, a little bit more of a kick 
I would say. The green milk. The green milk did. Well, the green milk coming right out of the Tally Shire on Oct 2, probably unpasteurized. Uh, Whereas that, that Bantha milk has been refined has been, and cur- yeah. processed. It might, you could get skim. You could it's get been pasteurized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, understandable. Oh, yeah. Um, I will... Uh, so, I got the blue and enjoyed it. Got... There's a, a, a kind of jug type of uh, uh, light up cup that you yeah. can get it in that I got some like I'm here I'm gonna get all of the things that seem uh-huh. silly but I'm doing it yep um as one does yes in the outer room what's what's very interesting too is you can and this is only in the Orlando one you can get it spiked mm-hmm. so you can get blue milk with rum and green milk with tequila if I remember correctly so there's variations thereof gotcha um I I enjoyed both of them. I thought they were delicious, especially at the time of again Florida mm-hmm. in late August <laughs> September. Just, yeah. It is it is it's cool. It's refreshed. Like that definitely helps, um, especially with lots of people. There's humidity. Uh, I was sweating to death. I'm I not would, gonna lie. So yeah. um, I'm sweating just thinking about. It. <laughs> now I, in since the park has opened. It has come up online of what the actual ingredients of these things are. I guess someone found the packaging for them and leaked photos online. Mm. So if you absolutely... Now, the only reason I would say that that may be beneficial is if you do have any specific sure, allergies. Sure, sure. Uh, because these are rice milk based, mm. which is a very different Thing. texture mm-hmm. than I think most people are used to. Um, so are blue and green milk, if you get them from the cart, the same texture? Yes. They're like identical other than color and other taste. Other color and taste, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's definitely one of those, like, the first day we're like, man, that line is 45 plus minutes long. For milk? For blue and green milk. Because that, but it is, if yeah. if nothing else, that is one of those iconic mm-hmm. things. This is something that but, I can get but here. But honestly, Chris, I would rather wait in the milk line than go on Smuggler's Run. Like, I'm just that type of fan where right, sure. that's just, if I you, would enjoy that more. And, gotcha. and I think one of the so nice things it. is th- that is okay. It's yeah. not, it's not a, well, they have this ride and this here and that's what you get. Like, yeah, there are people that have no interest in the rides or maybe get, yeah. you know, motion sick. So they're not going to do that. There's still the things like that for them there. What was your favorite food item on Batu? And that can include drinks too. The so favorite f- thing you put into your body. Favorite, favorite, <laughs> favorite your, yeah. food items. I would say uh, blue milk or uh-huh. uh, cat sakas popcorn. Great. Ooh. Tell us briefly about the popcorn. Uh, so it is uh, popcorn. Uh, we did get it, it. You can get it in a little mouse droid bucket uh, because Disney is very well known for their popcorn buckets. So they brought that same concept over to galaxy's edge and Batu, and you can get it, it it's in a paper bag inside of it so you can it's so clean inside uh but it is uh when you look at it it's kind of red and purple colored awesome and it is a sweet and spicy mix okay so like mm. the the purple one is i don't want to say grape but kind of more the sweet almost kind of thing mm-hmm. and then the red i think it tasted like cinnamon hmm. 
Uh, I'm willing to hear other opinions on such things uh, from <laughs> anybody out there. Mind. Right? Okay. Yeah, it could taste like something else, and that's fine. That's what I got out of it. But okay. uh, but it is it was very good, Fair very enough. very good. So there are some other shops on yep. Batu besides food. Yes, there's Savi's Workshop yes. where you can build a lightsaber. Where they sell scrap metal. Ah, uh, yes. They they made that point very very distinct multiple times yeah. uh, when we were there. Well, so uh, building a lightsaber, you know, within range of the first order, that would be like illegal. And exactly. Stuff. Be very dangerous. Yep. Yes. Um, That's okay, so did, cool. I, I didn't, did you, you, no, did no, you go good, to so, What's that? Did you go to Savies? I did. Yes, uh, I did go and build my own lightsaber. Ah, so cool. Um, and it is. When you think about like, oh, I'm going to go into a store. Um, when we were in Orlando for celebration, yeah, we I remember we went through downtown Disney, uh, or sorry, Disney Springs. Um, <laughs> okay, and they had it in stores, and they also had it at the Disney booth at celebration that year, where you oh, build yeah, a plastic yeah. lightsaber. Here's your hilt piece. Here's your blade, and you screw it all Put together. Put some collars and, on right, it, and, and here it you day. go. Um, to where someone's like, oh, I'm going to build a lightsaber. And you think that is like, this is way beyond that. So you go, there's a little courtyard and they give you a menu of here are your different style. There's four choices. And you're like, and before you even pay, you pick, this is the style I want to build. So you know, yeah. they're like, this is the one I want. And they give you a little pin representing that particular style. Wow. They pull everybody over into kind of like a side area, and the the person's like, "All right, everybody get in real close, uh, so no one can see what's going on here." And he pulls out from like behind him or from his sleeve, like a built lightsaber. It's like so, the, and so we, we and they say like, "It you need to refer to it as scrap metal. We don't do lightsaber like lightsabers. We're gonna draw the attention of the first order, and we don't want that." Um, and then you're led into the build chamber. And for anybody that may have been to uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter mm. and done, uh, they have an experience where you can go in and it's the wand choosing your experience. And it's this short little show. Yeah. Entertaining. It's cute. It's fun. This ramps that up times like a hundred because you go <laughs> in there and I, I'm not going to explain the whole thing because it is an experience that I feel if you're interested in it, you need to you need to actually go yeah. in and do it. Well, and, and you never know when the first order is listening. We can't give all the secrets Correct. away. Correct. Right. But it, it is more than just going in there, screwing some pieces together, yeah. and boom, here you go. It's not like the toy store at Disney Springs where you're just around a bin of plastic Correct. parts. And then take it to a cash register. Correct. Which, which for the record, more than that. I don't want to discount that. That's fun in its own way, but this oh, is way absolutely. better. Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. That sure. is, no, that I'm is. not discounting that because <laughs> I know. Yes. And, and that is the thing is this is a, they're metal pieces. Yeah. This is a prop replica yes. level of, of item here. Uh, but just the experience of, and there are at the end of it after like taxes and whatnot, you're paying slightly more than what you would pay for, uh, say, the Hasbro Force Effects lightsabers. Yes, right. And some people may say, "Wow, if, like for a lightsaber, like that's really expensive. I can get the Force Effects for you know fifty dollars less than that." Which you are absolutely correct. You can you, you can? Mm -hmm. But the experience mm -hmm. of building the show it, the the experience of 
you are choosing between the different pieces. Yes. This is your lightsaber yes. and your design yes. and you're choosing all of this. Yes. It, it adds just a little bit of that personal personalization, the, the showmanship, the experience of like, you feel like you were in something. Yeah. And if you really don't want that, you can buy classic hero lightsabers. You yes. know, your Luke Skywalker the lightsaber. The legacy blades. Right, yep. yeah. yeah they're, and they're less than a Hasbro Black Series Force Effect saber. Depending on, well, the, on, the, on yeah. the hilt, yes. Yes. Uh, and, there is, <laughs> and they have removable blades. They do. And, and... So if you're looking for a value lightsaber, the, there are still choices at the two for you. The great part is the blades are interchangeable. So the blade, if you build one, or if you have collected enough scrap metal at Sabi's <laughs> workshop to nice. maybe cobble something together, um, that blade will work unless anything has changed recently, which I do not believe. But if it has, I stand corrected. As of this recording, late November 2019, the blades mm -hmm. are interchangeable. Correct. You can put and move that blade into um, an Obi-Wan Kenobi or a... Yes. Luke Skywalker slash Anakin Skywalker slash Ray <laughs> or whichever. I believe they are calling it Ray Saber at the moment yeah. in there. Um, but what's nice is, so you do have ones that they have, and there's Mace Windu um, that they have done via the Force effects. Yeah. But then they also have ones that they haven't done yet, yes. such as uh, they have Ahsoka's mm -hmm. double lightsaber. Yeah, her blade in Shoto. They, have, they have Sidious. Is that true? They, I did not see okay. Sidious yet. Okay. They have Asajj Ventress. Mm -hmm. They have the Temple Guards hilts. Wow. Which are cool. Yeah. Which, oh, no, no. Which, I love those again, you, like, you look at it, you're like, wow. And if you haven't seen or done anything involving the Temple Guards, well, what is that and whose is that? So, awesome. Um, but, again, one of those very smart things of, like, you can build one yeah. or buy one but you don't have to end up with like 17 of these blades all around your house. Okay, so let's talk briefly. Uh, I feel like I feel pretty good about lightsabers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk briefly about the other merch. Because if I understand correctly, you can't buy all of the Galaxy's Edge merch inside Batu. You can only buy the in-universe merch. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So, um, for example, you can buy um, one of the other big... Uh, shop slash build experiences is uh, called the droid depot and similarly you can go in and you can build either a bb series or an r series and you can go in and on the wall they have all of your different parts and colors and things along those lines and you pick and you literally say to the person sorry so, so you did this too uh so my my girlfriend built a droid whereas i collected the scrap metal yes um and <laughs> So you go in there and you tell them, like, this is the series I want to build. And they say, okay, cool. They give you a little basket and you go over to, it's literally like a, an assembly line or like a... Uh, uh, this is like where a, you go and pick parts. Right, basically, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's almost like the, at the grocery store, the, the big conveyor belt. That's the word I was looking oh, for. Oh, okay, okay. And all of these parts are just coming down. So you might see, like, oh, there's a BB body, but it's... Or it, it's, you know, blue and silver, and I want a purple one. So then you wait for the purple ones to come through. And you can... Awesome. And you it's can, like sushi boats coming by. Yep. <laughs> and, and let's say you wow. want a purple yeah. purple main body, but you want a black 
head piece. And you're allowed to combine. Anything, Absolutely. As long as it's the right series, you can combine what you Correct. want. Correct. When we went... So my Christmas R2 can happen. Yeah. Uh, yes. So when we went, uh, my girlfriend built a BB series. Mm-hmm. The two halves of the shell for the rounded main body came together as well. Like they were like taped together or, or whatnot oh, okay. so that you couldn't be like, I want a half purple, half silver. Like, oh, okay. so, but I think that was more for making sure that they fit together properly. And so if like you, that. if you were buying a, a BB series droid and does she make a purple one? If I remember she did, correctly, yes. right. Yes. So if you have a purple BB droid and your body is purple and your head is purple, is there anything else left to pick? So you can get, um, decals that you can put on post build. So you okay. can, uh, for the BB and the R2 series, so you can, uh, you know, put little color accents in there, mm. things like that. Um, you can get, uh, there are different, so like you've got your BB-8 head where it's kind of the half round of dome. Yeah. Or, and I apologize, it was the, it was the e first order, B9? BB-E9, I believe E9, it was. Okay. Supposed um, to be BB-9E. 9E, I'm sorry. Um, where it has like the little bit more of the flat top. So right. you can you can Very kind of change cool. things up there okay. and have different color combinations or different styles. Um, so very very, it's definitely not one of those like we're going to teach you how to build R two D two because they have those. You can buy those absolutely. Right. But again, this is this is definitely more of a this is my droid. This awesome. is I'm building. Um, and then in Droid Depot, they also have. Um, you can get little personality chips that you put inside so that it will sound different oh, when they're talking. Oh, that's cool. They have two Imperial, two Resistance, and two what they call Smuggler, which is kind of your neutral sounding ones. So you can change those up as you go. Awesome. Um, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Learning something new about Star Wars every day. And then they also have, uh, on that, they have a kind of more gift shoppy kind of a thing where you can get... Um, they sell a Bluetooth speaker of DJ Rex from Odor's Cantina. You bought this, that, didn't you? Uh, she did, yeah. Uh, yeah um, love it. And then a couple of nerds. And then, oh, very much so. <laughs> uh, but then they have, um, you know, all sorts of other accessories and yeah. and uh, and things. But but uh, to your earlier point, yes, in inside of Batu proper, yes, uh, the vast, I would say, ninety eight to ninety nine percent of what you can get is designed to be. In universe, yes. So the Black Series figures, the pops, those are not in Black Spire Outposts. So the Black Series figures were mm. in, but they had like the Droid Black Series figures were in Droid Depot. Uh, the Kylo Ren and the uh, and the First Order series were in a First Order shop. Yes. Okay. Uh, but you're not going to go in there and see something with Star Wars logo on it. Right. Um, I bought a hat at the at first order cargo is the name of their sh shop um and it's like a cadet style hat but it has so cool. the logo of kylo ren's um battalion or was troop the 709 uh, or something the 709 which uh red fury i believe is yes uh, and then on the on the back side of it is the first order logo and it has arabesh uh written on there which I can't remember if we ever got around to It was to Red Fury. Because I translated okay. and you're like, oh yeah, that's the name of the group. That makes sense. I'm yep. like, <laughs> um, but and they have, and I mean, um, one of the things that I'm looking at forward to for the next time that I go back is there is like a puffer jacket that looks like the X-Wing 
jacket. Oh, sure. So, so a lot of those things are designed like it's not going to have the Star Wars mm-hmm. logo. What's well, all the universe? It's like like Han's dice Cor- and yeah. being able to buy like Which toys that are in universe yeah. toys. Yep. And a Sabacc deck or Which Chris nice find. enough to gift me a little stuffed Watto that yep. looks hand stitched yep. and knows how much I love Watto. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you're welcome. And Chris is amazing. He smuggled me a holocron back. I did. Yes. 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 I, 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 I felt like, you know, hey, there's there are things that I know that you guys would enjoy. So uh, as as someone well, you who got it. to go. Uh, but <laughs> but now so but your pops and your um they had like launch day or like opening day like t shirts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those they had in the other shops that were in um, the Star Wars Hollywood, like Studios. Studios. Hollywood yeah. Studios, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. they've had one at least in Florida. I've been there, like right next to Star Tours. There's yeah, like, you I think exit just, Star Tours and, and you're in a gift in shop. a gift shop, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they did have those kind of things out there. It's they, the Disney way, exactly. But yes, in in Batu proper, they um, try to. I mean, obviously the the Black Series figures are like, well, okay, yeah. but the packaging for those ones didn't have like. Star Wars Black Series, like right on the yeah. front of the packaging, it was a little bit more discreet. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. One more question for you, Chris, before we wrap this topic up. Sure. How much money should someone take to Batu <laughs> if they want to have a fun experience? How much, how much is this uh, time in the outer rim? What, what, what's a weekend cost you? What's a good yeah. time? So, not cost counting you? park admission or hotel or airfare. Right, right. Um, see, that's a tough question because it really depends on what you're there for of course uh it's like for so for for us you're saying whatever we can like afford right or, or yes it, whatever our credit limit represents <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever my wife lets me it's, yeah it's like how much is she gonna give you this this go round? Yeah. um but for example mac being a a coaster enthusiast and a ride enthusiast mm-hmm. maybe he's gonna feel like i'm there for the rides yeah. and to look around Whereas you being more of a collector, like I'm looking for this, for that. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. As a non drinker, um, not particularly materialistic around merch that much. I'll probably get away a lot cheaper than you. Sure. Yeah. I would say I have forced myself to forget how much I spent there. <laughs> it's okay. You're smart um, man. Yeah. Smart Cause man. it was spread across a couple of different credit cards. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I want to say that if, even if you're going, it's like, and again, it also depends on, are you going as a family and taking your children? Are you going just for yourself? Of course. True, uh, that's true but too. for, if it was, you know, just be like, I maybe a couple of t-shirts, one, you know, one or two, a uh, souvenir here or there. I would say I got away with, you could do it for maybe a thousand dollars. And okay. feel like you collected all collect, the got, got all the stuff you could get. Right. Yes. Now, could you go over that? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Could you go there and not spend and spend much well, less? You you absolutely you can definitely make it work. And I heard it's ridiculous. Like there's like full size prop replicas of like R two D two that are in the shop, and if you ask to buy it, they will sell it to you. Yes, there is a life size, custom built R two D two. Um, that you can't walk out of the park with because they build it to order and ship it to you $25,000. That So I'm just saying, if you leave with 1000 yes. out of your pocket, 
you could have done worse. It, yeah. yeah. Um, I, and, and we were ashing about it. And apparently, um, I don't know if they had, I mean, obviously it was the first day. Nobody had done it in Florida yet, but apparently they had sold a handful of them in Anaheim, like in their opening run. Sure. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it, yes. But yeah. Star Wars it, collectors are crazy, huh? They're, they, yeah. You figure they're a little, uh, they, and they, nerds can they make know money what they like. if they do it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they know what they like. But yes, I think it's, it, you could, I, I, I would say that is a safe kind of like, I've got some, I got what I wanted. And I, you don't feel like you had to like, oh, I, I got to choose between this or that. Yeah. Well, let me just wrap up with, I think the last meditation to me would be, Chris, would you recommend a Star Wars fan go to Batuu in the Galaxy's Edge? I, I, it is the happiest place in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, that's beautiful. I think I don't think we can say anything more. Sounds like a blast. I can't wait to go. Ross, are you excited? May the spires keep you. I'm excited. Till the spire. Till the spires. We're going to move on to another topic now. All right, as we continue talking about experiences, Chris and I have talked about our experience at, you know, we mentioned Chicago and when we were out there for the, for there, and Ross mentioned he was on his honeymoon right then. But in a nice little turn of events, his honeymoon in Southern California was near a, another pilgrimage site of Star Wars. Yes, it was, Mac. And as disappointed as I was that I was not able to be at Star Wars Celebration with you two 2019... I was doing something that, to be perfectly honest, I never thought I would get a chance to do. I was visiting Rancho Obi-Wan in Petaluma, California. So we hinted about this when we talked about Star Wars Celebration, but to give you the full scope of the story. My wife, my lovely wife Sarah, we had gotten married uh, in the previous September, and she had informed me that I was not going to be able to go to Star Wars Celebration 2019 because that is when she was eyeing up for us to go on our honeymoon, right? Right. And here in my mind, I'm saying, well, you know, we got married in September. It's not like April is when we have to go on our honeymoon, we right? We could go Why whenever you want. And push right. it. And she was like, no, no, no. We're only going on one vacation. You're not paying to go to Star Wars Celebration when we're going on this other trip. So we had talked about London, and in my mind, I'm hoping, well, maybe Celebration will be in London, and we can, <laughs> you know, bring that all together. We had talked about uh, somewhere more local to us, like maybe South Carolina or something, and eventually we landed on California. My, my wife was born in California and has not been back since she was a small child, because yeah. a couple years after she was born, they moved to Hawaii. So, you know, she wasn't. She's never really been there. I had only been to California once. I was well, sorry, once I was five years old, so didn't really remember it. And then again as an adult for work, but was only there for work and didn't really get to explore, explore sightsee, everything. Right? So I didn't really have time, especially as an adult, to explore. So we were talking about what we wanted to do, and I wanted to go to San Diego because I had family there I wanted to visit. Um, 
It's a place I wanted to see. And then we also wanted to go to San Francisco because I really wanted to go see the Redwoods. Like oh, that sure. was I'm the sorry. thing yeah, you were, I wanted to right, do. Right, you were in NorCal. I'm sorry. Right. Well, no, no, no. We were in both Mac. So we flew into San Diego. We spent some time there, and then we actually drove to San Francisco. Oh, you drove up. Was that one? Is the, the coastal? The um, coastal. So we took oh, some it of it. Called? We ended up doing some other routes through some of the mountains and stuff too, and a lot of farmland. Uh, I think people don't really think about it that way, but yeah, you know, you see a lot of different landscapes when you're making that incredibly long drive. But the second part of our vacation, we were staying. Uh, above San Francisco, near Muir Woods, where we got to see the Redwoods. Nice. And then on our last day of our honeymoon, and I had planned this, this was like the one thing I was like, no, if we're going to California and I'm not going to Celebration, we are going to Rancho Obi-Wan. So on the very last day of our like 10-day trip, my wife, who, may the force bless her, does not care about Star Wars in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I think rebels against it because of my oh, love for it. At this point, yes, I know she. Do. I think the point was like, "Oh, you have your thing, and I have my thing. It's totally fine." But I think it's like once you started dedicating an entire room of her house to Star Wars, yeah. she was, "Oh, this is like a thing." This yeah, is a she was just the other day. She was like, "You know, if that Star Wars room of yours could be a walk-in pantry, we could get rid of all the junk in our kitchen that just like the pots that just like are on the floor because we don't have enough cabinet space." I'm like, "Yeah, but that's where my action figures are." <laughs> it's like, yeah, but priorities. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get rid of our dining room instead. We don't yeah, use that either. So so because I've never been there, I've heard of it. What is Rancho? Yeah, Obi-Wan? Let's talk about what it is. So now that we've arrived there, right? You know how I ended up at Rancho Obi Wan. Rancho Obi Wan is the largest collection of privately owned Star Wars merchandise in the world. Okay. Okay. It was started and is still curated by Steve Sansweet, who uh, essentially when Star Wars came out in 77, started collecting action figures. It was awesome to him. It was uh, basically he was working in publishing at the time and uh, um, in media, and he got this press packet, and the person who got it in his office kind of was like, oh, what is this junk, and just threw it away. He picked it out of the trash, and that started his love of Star Wars. He became a Star Wars toy collector, and over the years, it's just built up. Eventually, he became a Lucasfilm employee, was head of mm-hmm. fan relations for a number of years, um, and is sort of like this icon among Star Wars collectors for being just this really kind and interesting person who loves Star Wars collecting. So this is literally his house, okay? To go to Rancho Obi-Wan and to see this Star Wars collection, you have to be a member which is not crazy. It's like $50 a year, right? And you get a okay. cool little card, a Christmas card, and a patch and information on the newsletter and stuff. So you, know, you pay a little bit of money. And then it's about $75 a person to go tour. So it's not like this crazy expensive thing. Okay. But it's not just you don't just show up there at like Tuesday it's, at 3 p.m. and be like, I'd like a tour, please. Not like it's not door, an like amusement park. It, it's, it's right in the ballpark of private showings at museums. If you had a private tour to museums. That's stuff like very that. much what it's like. So you book your tour months in advance. They only do I believe groups of maybe 8, 10, or 12. It's very small. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh And they only do them on the weekend. Like, it's not like it's this big open thing. So we didn't get the address till literally the day before. It's not on Google Maps. It's not a public thing, right? You don't know where it is. And so you you sign up. You know, I booked my tour. Like, as soon as we had confirmed we were going to California, I booked our tour. And we show Mm -hmm. up. Um, it's about 10 a.m. I want to say it was. They say like, expect your tour to be anywhere from two to three hours, I think. And so we show up 
And the only way you would know you're at the right spot, there's two things. There's a flagpole with a Rancho Obi-Wan flag. That helps. Yeah, that's a pretty... And if you look at the gate, because there's this automatic metal gate, there's Obi-Wan in the middle of it. Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan. Okay, okay. And it's awesome. So you pull up to this gate, we pull in, and it's just a driveway. It's just like a little farmhouse and a driveway. And then behind it, you kind of see a big building. And we pull in, and we get out, and we meet our Dawsons for the day, our tour guides, Mark and John. And what was so fun about it was we were there. We were there about 10 minutes before it was meant to start. They say, you know, don't arrive early. You know, arrive kind of on time. We Mm -hmm. build in time. Don't worry. Your tour will not be cut short. We won't leave without you. Like, you're the only group we're doing today. Arrive at 10. So we arrive right around 10 when it's supposed to start. And we're the only people there. Like, so we get out. We're making small talk with our tour guides. And we're getting to know them. We're telling them why we're there on our honeymoon, where we're from. You know, I'm the Star Wars fan. My wife's not all that kind of small talk. The normal. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, there's only supposed to be a couple other groups today. They're not here yet. We're waiting like 10 or 15 minutes. We're going to get started. You know, we're just at that point. They're like, okay, now it's time to. Yeah. So like, we're going to get started. And if they join us later, great. So at this point. My wife and I have a private tour of Rancho Obi-Wan. So there's two of us there, and I'm the only Star Wars fan, and two Star Wars experts. Like, wow. So basically, two Star Wars experts are giving you a private tour, and your wife is suffering but being amused by how into this you are while she helps take yeah, pictures for you. she was enjoying my enjoyment of it. Well, there was one thing she liked. So Rancho Obi-Wan <laughs> is a decommissioned chicken yeah. farm. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. And okay. they still have chickens on the property. So they, I mean, they're not, it's not a farm anymore. It's just sure. for fun. But she got to feed some of the chickens. She got to play fetch with a few of the farm dogs. Uh, there's a cat, a couple of cats that run around and okay. live inside the tread from a sand crawler. Um, <laughs> so it, some really incredible stuff you won't see anywhere else. And so we're there and it's just these two incredibly nice guys. They're volunteers and they're giving us this tour. And I'm not going to spoil everything because this is something that if you want to see everything, yes, you can go and you can watch a video on YouTube. They let you take as many pictures as you want as video. If I ever go back, I will take a GoPro and record the entire thing. Like I want that <laughs> for my own yeah. experience now going now well, that I've been I remember, once. Okay. So to give some context. So Chris and I are at Star Wars Celebration and like the day you go, we just started getting a feed of like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. As you just start sending stuff, stuff like they have one of these, they have this. I can't believe they have this. I'm, I'm by myself and I'm taking pictures of everything. It's like, yes. I've never seen one of these before. Click, 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 yeah, click. That's exactly what it was. And you're learning so much. And it was great because I, I don't know if everyone, I mean, I'm sure everyone goes at some point is a super Star Wars fan, but that doesn't mean everyone that goes is totally immersed in it. So it was little things like you go in and you literally just walk up steps and it's just like you're in a house. Like it's separate from the house where Steve lives, but it's this just this building and it's just like steps inside of a home. Like that's what it looks like. And you go up and you're just in this really tiny hallway and lining the hallway, they have posters from the original trilogy. And we're talking like, you know, actual theatrical posters, not reprints, of course. Okay. And they have a set of the original run of figures and they have a bathroom and it's little things like in the bathroom. It is all of these Star Wars themed bathroom merchandise that's ever been made. So mouthwash and toothpaste and all that kind of stuff. So not like 
a restroom to use. Yes. It's a display for those you, bathroom. It is the bathroom to use. They call it the Sarlacc pit. But it is literally <laughs> like it is but also part, part of the of exhibit. The tour. Okay. And it's great because they have this little opening where there's a little uh, sound bite from James Arnold Taylor, who, if you don't know, voices Obi-Wan in The Clone Wars and mm-hmm. in Rebels. Uh, and... You know, there's this little intro, and then you walk down, they tell you about the posters, and, you know, answer questions, and ask you questions, and then you get to go into the archive, the library, which, if you haven't gathered this by now, Star Wars novels are basically my favorite part of the fandom, right? And so getting to see literally every Star Wars thing that's ever been printed in one spot is truly incredible, okay? And so, just imagine this, right? Every Star Wars novel, right? But every version of it. So, the original hardback print, the softcover print, the Legends print, right? Different language prints, different editions, signed editions, things like that, con editions. Just everything you can imagine. So, if I'm looking at the Shatterpoint novel, and there are four versions of it there, they're all just there right next to each other, right? And then they're showing you things like, here's this, uh, you know, version of Star Wars blueprints that there's only a hundred of, and we're going to flip through it. And then here are these uh, gentle giant book book stands, you know, that were made 20 years ago and are incredibly rare. And here's this printing from Japan in 1979 that is nothing like what we know Star Wars because some guy was in America, saw Star Wars, and then went back to the publishing company in Japan and from memory, made, made a children's book about it, you know? <laughs> so these incredibly rare things that you'll never see, and not only are you seeing this stuff, but these people are experts, so they're taking it off. The, you know, you're you not touching it yourself, of course. They're handling everything Yeah, but for you're you. taking it off the shelf, and they're telling you about it and telling you these anecdotes. And you could go multiple times, hear the same stories, and I think enjoy it just as much every time because it's so overwhelming the first time you're there. Well, was because that was the biggest thing I think you I felt when you came back was you're just like you said you wanted to GoPro everything. The thing is because you don't remember enough because everything was happening all at the same time. That's mm-hmm. and I just want to say so I took I was just trying to figure this out. I took well I'm going to give you a count here. <laughs> Five hundred thirty pictures that day. I would have taken more, but my phone camera was literally overheating and it was not cooperating by the time we got <laughs> wow. to the last part of the tour we've just us two like i said our tour was four hours wow so it's not like they shortchanged us because we were the only okay, two and so and the the other people from the group never never showed up one so had enti- a sick kid one had a car issue we literally had a private the entire tour time the entire, so private. entire that's time. amazing so we finished the archives and at this point i would have been happy like i would have been done like that was worth my money and my <laughs> you time. You were done. Yeah. I've been overwhelmed. I'm going to be thinking about this every night for the rest of my life. This is so amazing. And then, and then they have, and there are some great experiences they do. And I'm not going to talk about them as much because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. If anybody wants to talk about this, shoot us a message on Twitter. I'd be happy to send you my pictures, spoil it, answer any questions you have. If you're off curious. the air, you can grill them. Yes, yeah. but I don't want to necessarily put all of this out there. But they have these great moments where they mix, you know interaction with the Dawson's and with some music or with some reveals, things like that, that are really great. And so they open up this door. And then at this point you're in the main room where it's just mind blowing. Like I can't even begin to explain, you know, they open it up, the fanfare is playing the main theme. And it's just incredible because you're just looking around. Like, I can't believe this place is real. 
You know, up in the corner, hanging from the ceiling, you have an N1 Starfighter that's probably from like a Toys R Us display from 20 years ago. And then next to that, you have from FAO Schwartz, uh, you know, friggin' Dan and the modal nodes. And you have um, <laughs> all of this stuff that is just so unique. And yes, this is all something that was merchandise at some point you could buy. Mm -hmm. But to see it all in one place is incredible. Um, he has an original banner that was hand-painted by McQuarrie for the first conventions before right. episode four came out. Uh, just things like that that they have there that are incredible. Custom display stands. You know, they have the original run of figures, the vintage collection, uh, the real vintage figures, not the modern vintage collection, <laughs> right? <laughs> Good um, you know, in this awesome, like, cylindrical display. They have... Um, very unique things. And that's the thing. Uh, over the years, they're explaining that, you know, Steve, you run out of things to buy. And the stuff that becomes more interesting over the years is like the fan-made stuff, the one-offs, the uniques. So they make a point of calling out like, here's this painting that we have that's unique. And if you look closely in the pant leg of George Lucas in this painting, there's a little Darth Vader in there you can find, you know, and like yeah. stuff okay. like um, here's this bike that was made, that was a Lucas film, uh, you know, from the Skywalker Ranch, which if you don't know is kind of George Lucas's playground type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, this bicycle that they used to get around, here it is converted into this Star Wars themed bike. And here you have this giant Porg that you could have won at Target on the first Force Friday, or sorry, the second Force Friday. Um, things like that. Right. That you get to see and interact with that you never think you'd get to see in person, right? Things you never expected even existed. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that stand out to me, because, you know, I could spend hours talking about it. Yeah. But they have like an entire room, like kind of a little section set up that just looks like a child's room in like 1980. Oh, and so okay. it's all like, you know, time appropriate merch mm -hmm. and little things are like, hey, do you know the one thing in here that isn't actually time appropriate? Like, oh, you know, like stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Easter eggs yeah, in there. Yeah, and it's just little things like cool. that that make it that much more interesting. You know, seeing all this merchandise, they're like, oh, so, you know, you because they ask you questions about yourself. You know, do you collect all this kind of stuff? Because it is very much the collector's haven. If you're a Star Wars collector, this, this is, is, your... is your place. Well, like, when they talk about there's always a bigger fish, he's the biggest fish. Truly, truly, right? So, you know, little things like, oh, here's this Ahsoka figure that Dave Filoni doodled on the box of. And so it's just a normal toy that costs $20 on any Target shelf. But, but this one has a drawing by Dave Filoni on the side. But because he was things nervous like one day, that. Pittsburgh just... legend Dave Filoni, by That's the way. That's right. Yeah. Uh, our claim to fame, Star Wars claim to fame here, right? Indeed. There's a connection. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have uh, like him, Taylor Swift, and that Buck Cherry guitarist. I think that's about it. <laughs> uh, so Dave Filoni, clearly the best, right? There's, there's an odd connection to Ahsoka and Ashley Eckstein, but it's a oh more yes, round no, trip. I know about right. that too. Yes. But that's yeah, okay, for now, anyway. Yes. Um. So there's some really, really incredible stuff, and then things like here's the thing that's the most valuable here that we have. Here's the thing that's the most unique. You know, here's this pinata that well, won this contest at a parade in Mexico, and now we have it here. Uh, stuff like that. Well, I mean, on that token, I, I'd like to ask you, I mean, what do you think, I guess I would ask, out of the collection you saw, mm -hmm. what was the most personally profound to you? What was the one that you were like, like the, if I could steal one thing out of this place and take it home? That's a really tough question because there are so many ways to look at it. Like, 
honestly, that giant stuffed porg was pretty darn cool. <laughs> and then I could go on eBay and buy one for a few hundred dollars. So it doesn't make sense that right. something like that's my answer. That's really cool. Things like seeing rocket firing Boba Fett's in person. Yeah, the real, the, actual, functional. Yeah, like probably the rarest thing there. Like, how, how much does something like that even cost? So, one just went up for auction a few weeks ago before recording, uh-huh. and it fetched one hundred eighty-five thousand. Wow. That's okay. Money. And there are two varieties: a J slot and an L slot. The J slot, which is what just sold, a little bit more rare, and we don't need to get into the differences of those. So, but being the rarer one, they don't go up for one, auction very often. And that's just one thing in there. Yes, exactly. Hundred eighty-five thousand. Right. Dang. And yeah, they have a couple of them, but they have things like <laughs> pieces from the original Death Star. Like that's like, that's a thing they own, right? A hat that was made for Carrie Fisher on set of Empire because it was called the only one, right? That was on her head, and she wore it, and they have it. Things like, um, you know, they have one of the Yoda statues. There's one outside of Lucasfilm, uh-huh. uh, and they have one, right? Another one. So, only like eight were made, or whatever it is, right? So they have all of these incredible things that are unique and one of a handful or one of a kind and to see that stuff is incredible too so i don't know if you can really pick one thing well it sounds to me like it's the curation of it is actually what you you enjoyed so much it's like this is all cool stuff but it's the way it's framed it's the knowledge of what this represents it's the story that all of this place tells is what really the value because you're not you're not seeing everything. Like it's not all out. You can't see every Star Wars thing that's ever been made there. <laughs> it's like a real museum in that sense. Most right. of it's off display. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's truly incredible to go through and see that. So if there was one thing maybe I could take. Yeah. I think it would be one of the arcade games. Okay. So the last room you end in is arcade slash meet and greet slash general store slash art house. Okay. Multi-purpose room. Over the years, they've extended it. They've added more. This was kind of the second add-on, I believe, if my memory serves. This was like almost a year ago now. Um, But you open up. They have this really awesome display that I will not spoil because this is like one of the coolest things there. But they open up this final door because it's like these stopping points, like these reveals, like opening the blast door. Again, there's a story as you weave through this tour. And you get to see all of these incredible art pieces. And I love Star Wars art, right? And a lot of them are not fan-made, but it's not like we're talking like, oh, this is original Macquarie. Like, these are things that have been made over the years, right? Different sculptures, different paintings, different statues, things like that. But they also have Star Wars games. Pretty much, as far as I know, every Star Wars arcade cabinet. So maybe the uh, Star Wars, I think it was what called the Saga Edition game. What's it? Trilogy? The, the, the one trilogy. with the joystick? Yeah, the one with the joystick. Yeah, Star Wars Trilogy by Star Sega Wars back trilogy. in yeah. 2000 or so, I think. Yeah, yeah, late 90s. Or I think it was around the time of the special edition. Sure. But it's this kind of great game where it's like the greatest hits of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is really, really cool. If I was still child size, it might be the pod racer game where you actually sit, sit in, in the pod. The, yeah. But as a large adult male... No. Don't fit as uh, well as you used to. Yeah, I'd probably <laughs> destroy it, let's be honest. Uh, but that maybe, just because I don't know how else you could pick. Like, yeah, it's really easy to say the thing that's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars or the thing that there's only one of. 
but thinking maybe slightly more realistically about what you could maybe one day hope to own, maybe something like that that would be a little bit more of a larger talking point you'd get some use out of, if that makes sense. I don't well, know. that's why I see it as personal, because I think the, uh, again, speaking to you when we were coming back, like, I felt the biggest thing you kind of gave me is like, if I could just have their library shelving. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. If my <laughs> library, my Jedi archives could look as good and as organized as they do. We're actually, I'm in a spot right now where my Star Wars room, I couldn't even like, I was actually really kind of excited about you guys coming over tonight, Chris. And I couldn't even show it to you right now because it's such a mess. It's just all like, because I'm in the process of bringing my legends like a museum. My Star Wars room is always changing with what's on display. And I'm about to add three new bookshelves to show off my legends collection, my novels, right? Okay. And so I'm removing a lot of my Star Wars pops and some of my other stuff to make way for more books. So right now you literally can only walk like around the perimeter to where my desk is and then back out. Like you can't, can't get to the middle the of the room. part of the room. So it sounds yeah. to me like what, what we really need is you just need some volunteer Dawson's to come in and help you <laughs> right. maintain the archives. Yes, exactly if, if right. If anybody out there is good with a wrench... And has some yeah, spare time on yeah. their hands, Ross. If anybody's good at building like IKEA bookshelves, I think that's what I really would yep. need. Um, but it, Rancho Obi Wan is just this great, unique experience. At the end, I got to do exactly what I wanted, which was buy a hat. I wanted a Rancho nice. Obi Wan okay. hat. I'm a big yep. hat collector. Uh, I don't, I don't typically buy clothing, and you know, like finding clothing or shoes or things that fit me in the Star Wars world is typically not going to happen. So I'm a big hat collector. I wear hats like every day, all day. Yeah, I always wear hats. Yep. So I have a quite extensive hat collection, and getting a Rancho Obi Wan hat, a coffee mug. Uh, uh, at the end. Uh, there yeah. was one last surprise. Oh. And something I didn't expect. So I got to meet Steve Sansweet at the end. Oh. Um, and Anne, who is the uh, manager of the museum. Uh, so at the end, uh, you know, our Dawson's are kind of given their wrap. And they're like, hey, we put out some water and some cheese. And there's some free copies of Star Wars Insider over there if you want to take one. And they're like, kind of like, normally people stand around and socialize. But it's just you guys. So, you know, feel free <laughs> just to do whatever you want. Like, go play the Star Wars cabinets. Look around. Because uh, the last room, they don't really do a lot of storytelling in. It's kind of like, hey, just hang out. Look around. It's yeah. wrapped up. Meet these fans you've just walked through with. Exactly. Exactly. So Ann and Steve come walking down. And like, because it's essentially all a long hallway you can see them coming and they were like you know if you want to ask any questions like feel free and i'm just sitting here like completely tongue-tied like i said i'm not <laughs> good at this type of thing and of course thinking back on it now like a million questions that i could have asked but it was great i got to meet steve take a picture with him shake his hand he signed a book i bought one of his books there and he signed it for me well my wife had him sign it because i was so busy buying my hat uh, and, that she took and being it over distracted for by me. everything, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so overwhelmed with emotion and all this, and so thankful for my wife that like she was willing to put up with it for me. Uh, but it was funny because it was the weekend after Star Wars Celebration, as yeah, we're talking yeah. about, right? And like they didn't have their merch back yet, so I was literally buying like the ones off of the shelf, like the demonstration. Here's the hat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, we actually haven't unpacked our patches yet. So I'll send you one. And like a couple weeks later <laughs> right. in the mail, I got them, um, you know, because I brought a patch back from yeah, Mac which I appreciate. and it had yeah. to wait till it showed up in the mail. Right. Like <laughs> literally, because they didn't have them. Like I got two, but they only had one to give me because she unstuck it from for, the wall. For, oh, geez. Like, well, That's yeah, what well, I'm talking about. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, cause it was like the week at, so like, 
I don't think Sam Sweet was actually at Celebration. I don't think he was. No, he but, was. But, he, I think, yeah. Well, was. I was like, Ranger Obi-Wan and everything was there. They had a booth. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, they definitely yeah, so had they that. had all this stuff they took with them was not even back yet. Like, their it truck still hadn't arrived yet. Too. Yeah. Oh, is that like, close? Like, that's yeah. how new it was. So, it was great. Like, it was an incredibly unique experience. I think it would be pretty hard to go to Rancho Obi-Wan and have a private tour. You know, like, have yeah. the, all the engineer, stars aligned. Yeah, engineer that. Yeah. So, like, it was just this incredibly moving thing uh, to end this kind of idyllic vacation. My wife and I, this honeymoon we had, uh, was just incredible, you know, for me. Maybe less so for her. And then we went and ate Jack in the Box later, and it was perfect. Uh, so, so that was pretty so, much. <laughs> so, quick question for you. Yeah, let's talk about it. If you were a Star Wars fan, collector... Would you recommend going to Rancho <laughs> Obi-Wan? Uh, I think I absolutely would recommend it. I Here's the thing. It's probably not for every Star Wars fan. Okay. You know, when you look at Star Wars Celebration and you look at Galaxy's Edge and you look at these things you can go to as a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. Rancho Obi-Wan is probably the most unique. It is also the least expensive. <laughs> that's um, true. So that's worth pointing out, too. But it is... You are walking through a nonprofit museum and you're getting right. a tour of a museum. That's what it is. So if that doesn't sound interesting to you, it's not for younglings, you know, it's not for, you know, young children running around. And, it's, and, I, and I think you need to be inverse invested in the merchandise, which again, if you're a Star Wars fan, you probably are at some level because yes. that's part of the fandom. Yes. But you guys would have a great time, right? right? Like Chris, you're maybe a little bit more of a collector than Mac is. But neither of you, you know, are... We don't have a Star Wars room. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anyone, I think, who's a Star Wars fan beyond the movies, I think would have a good time. Well, I think just going through there and seeing the ultimate Christmas morning of Star Wars, of everything you could have ever possibly bought from Star Wars is just all in a room. Yes. Yeah. Like, imagine going in your local comic book shop and they have one single case filled with like vintage Star Wars stuff. And it's really awesome. And you're looking and you're kind of like moving your head around, trying to get different angles and see what's in there. So imagine like a couple thousand square feet of that and you have a tour <laughs> with people telling you information about it. Right? That sounds amazing. It, it really is a unique thing. And yeah, I can't wait to go back. I will go back one day. Um, I will be a member for life. Right, like I will pay my membership fee every you're, year, you're even if I'm not it going. It wasn't just for the yeah, because it's like Christmas card. It really was that great. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything well, bad that, to say about it. it. It sounds like you had an amazing experience, and we thank we really you to appreciate- Mark and John who did our tour. Uh, <laughs> if you ever hear this, thank you. It was incredible, and uh, I mean, it just sounds like a, a great experience, and I'm so glad you shared it with us. All right, well, let's move on to something else. end of the trail going through our pilgrimage through star wars experiences this is a really good episode it's definitely Ooh. powerful one that's for sure i think 
this whole episode, if you've never been to any of these places, maybe you've been to one, maybe you've been to all of them, whatever it is, right? If you're a Star Wars fan and you have a chance to go to any of these three places we've talked about tonight, do it. That's yeah. what it comes down to. It's great to see something you love on display for other people who also love what you love. Totally. Totally. Well, I think we've already said a lot. So we're thinking about this one. I yeah. think we're going to blow this yep. one and go home. I yeah. think uh, I think we, we, we spent a lot of time. Uh, as always, we want to have you, the community, reach out to us. Uh, if, if you got through this whole episode, was it, was it too long? We think it's probably too long. Um, but uh, let us know. And uh, Chris, man, was it awesome having you here? Thank you, gentlemen. This is uh, in hearing you talk about this and watching you get this launched. It's amazing to see where you guys are now and to now be a part of it. I could not thank you enough. We're so happy to have you. We're gonna have you back again. Uh, I would imagine quite soon because we're gonna have a lot of Star Wars to talk about in the coming <laughs> yeah, weeks. Very, very um, near future. Yes. We're gonna have celebrations to talk about. We're gonna have trips to Galaxy's Edge post the Rise of Skywalker where it will probably be different. So plenty to talk about in the future. I'm always here for you. Well, thanks for joining us. And we thank you for joining us as well. And until next Wednesday, may the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Burgess III, Ross Grieco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, movie clips, and sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2019.